Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Freefall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And first time on the show, Rich Rodriguez. Hey, guys. What's up? Today's show, we'll talk about the field of RC multi-rotors and drone racing. It's just a multi-rotor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, inside joke there. Um, let's get to know our guest hosts. Rich, tell us some stuff about yourself. All right, I'm 27 years old. I work in the IT security industry. What? You're only 26? 27, dude. 27, yep. Ooh, 27, I mean? Sorry. <laughs> nice, IT security, huh? Like NetSec stuff or web security? Yeah, web security. Oh, cool. Web security, network security, et cetera, mm-hmm. things of that sort. Been flying for two years, fixed wing. Wow. And started flying multi-rotors six months ago. When when did you guys uh, come into the club? I think that's when I yeah. started. Yeah, about six months now. Yeah. Wow, dude, you, you progress real quick in multi-rotors, man. Yeah, trying to. We'll see what happens, hopefully. Dude, your freestyle stuff is pretty good, man. I like it. Thanks. I hope to see more people doing it as well, hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely a growing market now and, uh, you know, with the stuff that we'll talk about a little bit later with the prizes and, you know, the competition stuff, it's pretty crazy. Um, so what got you involved with the Tri-County RC? Like, how'd you find a club? You know, did you, because uh, you, you're also an instructor, right? Yes. So I watched the flight test videos and I saw the apprentice videos that they had for the planes and I was interested in that. And then I also saw videos from David Windestall. So when I saw his tricopter videos, that's nice. what pushed me into the hop. That's where it all started. Really? Awesome, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know you were that into or that flight test got you into this. This is cool. Yeah, I believe flight test has gotten a lot of us into it. Mike as well. Yeah. Mike, our president, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, he's he has the the Versa wing. He, he's built a few of those. Yeah. Different flight tests. Yeah. Planes. He's got the Arrow, too. He just built the Arrow as well, so that's up and running. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. And, and I mean, did you always want to do RC or is this something you kind of, you know, found a video and started watching and thought it was cool and, and just, you know, jumped into it? Well, I always wanted to do it, but I guess just didn't have the funds to do it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Figured now I could do it. So why not? Let's get started with it. And oh. uh, it's just growing. And I guess it's it's a great hobby, man. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever do any cars or anything like on the ground or it's just all air? Uh, I used to do nitro cars for fun, but they tends to get boring fairly quickly. I agree. Yeah. So how's everyone's week been? Uh, Kevin, you want to give a start it off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my week's been pretty busy. Last week, though, when we got done uh, recording, I had to go into and do the. I usually do the editing. We had a little problem in getting it recorded, but uh, that was really just uh, some weird glitch that we had. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was funny because we got done recording. At almost 11 o'clock at night, and at 11 o'clock on the dot, my computer decided to reboot. Hello, Windows 10 um, is coming through the door. So I'm like, you you piece of crap. Good thing you didn't do this while we were recording. Yeah. So the next night, Wednesday, uh, I'm editing, and I get done 
I don't know, about an hour and I save. And I usually don't save a lot. Well, I don't save a lot as I used to do it, but I probably will now going forward because I got about another hour into it and uh, Windows 10 again decided to take over my computer and I thought I had hit a hotkey because it popped up and said, do you want to save yes, no, or cancel? And I was like, oh, crap. I'll just hit cancel and go back to editing. And it said, okay, and then the computer shut off. And I'm like, son of a bitch. you got to be kidding me. Uh, I was like, I was yelling. I'm yelling at the wife, and she's like, <laughs> "What the? What's going on?" I'm like, "Freaking Windows 10 decided to take over and said, yeah, uh, we're installing it.'" So I'm like, "Oh crap!" So I, I I get it back after an hour. It loads Windows 10, and then it asks me if I want to decline, and I say yes, and I go back to Windows 7, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm I'm back to where I was when I saved." Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm like, "Screw it! I'm not going to f- continue editing. I'll just do it." thursday night so thursday night another like two and a half hours i finally get done editing and i i've been like pushing it off like every five days like saying yeah schedule it five days from now but Mm -hmm. man what a pain in the ass it's like hi uh here's your uh windows 10 for free and then a couple weeks later it's like don't you really want windows 10 and it's like uh you should really use windows 10 hey windows 10 is free we're putting windows 10 on your computer scumbag and it's like <laughs> it's like stop with the windows 10 shit you know i don't if i don't want it i don't want it i mean, no, we're, we do the podcast weekly so i'm like i don't even know if i want it on this one computer because mm-hmm. i don't know how the the recording software is going to work i don't know how any of this stuff we have i mean it's working now i don't want to screw it up right i don't know if there's going to be drivers available or what so that really pissed me off but eventually got it you know, out there, we got a chance to go flying on on Saturday. So I flew with with you and and Jeff. Jeff came out, which was great. It was good to see him, man. And uh, we did some flying. It was like the old Green Pond crew back at the field. Yeah, and the man. field the field opened up. Our our um, we were flying off site for a while, so our regular field opened up, which was great to get back there too, man. Like everybody that rolled in was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I finished the Explorer. Friday night and brought it out Saturday and and made in that and I actually did a FPV flight with that. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, it's you know I'm using an eight four prop and kind of a twenty two twelve motor. Uh, I don't know what the KV is. It's low. It's not really high KV. Well, maybe but, like a thousand or yeah, somewhere around that thousand mm-hmm. or twelve fifty. And it was just like I was full throttle the whole time, just right. to keep it going. And I kind of tend to build these things a little heavy because, you know, I put the tape on it and stuff. And uh, I mean, I don't know how much weight that adds. It's got to add a little bit. Yeah. But it flew great. And then flying FPV was amazing. Like I, I wanted to test it out because I wasn't sure about like the field of view on the on the camera I had. The mm-hmm. one I used for the arrow was kind of small, was kind of narrow. So this worked out really well. And, and I actually went up when John, um, John Reyes. Mm-hmm. When he went, he's like, hey, Kev, do you mind if I go up while while you're up? You're going to be up high? And I said, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it up high because now I have even more weight with the camera on there. So right. like, full throttle and I'm up high. And at one point, you know, I'm standing there and you got the goggles on. I've been using the goggles now. So um, I'm standing there with those on. So you can only hear and I'm here in the heli and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. John's pretty close. So I'm like, you know, am I am I high enough for you, John? Yeah, you're fine. So at one point I came around to the one edge of the field. And I started to look for his helicopter. I was up high, and I started like come around from one edge of the field, and mm-hmm. I could not find his helicopter at all. So I'm like thinking, 
the whole time, you know, all these drone sightings from these guys that are actually flying these planes, the full size aircraft that's got to be like thousands of feet away. Right. And they're spotting them. But I'm like in I'm like 100 feet away or 200 feet away and I can't find this frigging thing. I'm like, it just made me doubt it even more. Right, and he, fl- I think he was flying what the uh, N seven or the Goblin. Yeah, he was flying right? he was- a seven hundred size. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I purposely, you know, pulled around and, and wanted to see if I could see him a few times. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I couldn't see him. They got to fly the Oxy and the Goblin, the Oxy man. I put like, like six batteries through that. I think, and nice. I was having a blast with that man. I even got the compliment from Jeff, man. Because when he came out and saw you, he hadn't seen you fly a helicopter in a long time, and he came out and watched one of your flights. Mm-hmm. The compliment that you get from Jeff is, as you're flying, he'll go, what? <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah. Like, yeah. he'll look and he'll be like, like shock. Yeah. So I actually got that compliment from Jeff. I'm like, all right, I got the, I got the Jeff compliment. So that's pretty <laughs> nice. cool. Dude, you've progressed a lot in helis this winter, dude. A lot. Yeah, like, it's been quick, for, I think. Dude, I still remember you doing figure eights with your T-Rex clone and just like, turn, turn, put it in, you know? And now you're flipping it. You're doing inverted punch outs with some pyros. And, dude, you're getting really, really good. You're you're going to surpass me, dude. I know it. I can no. see it. I can see it. That, that, all that simming you do, man, you're going to – you sim probably – you got to sim a lot more than I do because, I mean, you're doing new stuff every weekend. Well, I'd say in the last month, yeah, but the last this this past week, I haven't I didn't sim at all. Mm. But it's I, I it's funny because dude, I can be I lo- I enjoy I really enjoy going out to the field because everybody's super cool. Like I have it's like being at a fun fly every weekend. Yeah, and I have a great time when I'm there. But even if I'm by myself, like somewhere, and I do something that I've tried on the sim, and you know, it gets to that. It gets to the edge of your skill, like, and you, like, ah, what was I doing? Like, like a Cuban eight, like a half Cuban eight. I was doing with it, like I was coming okay. up the top of the loop, and I was flipping it over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it sounds kind of silly, but I'm, I just, I'm like, woohoo, when I do stuff like that, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, I actually did it, you know? Right. So right. if you ever hear me do that, you know, I did something that I tried on the sim, and I haven't tried it in real life, you know? Right, dude, uh, you're doing TikToks. <laughs> you're yeah, doing I was TikToks trying with the Goblin yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Wow. Awesome. I was trying. <laughs> nah, you in the shows, man. Instead of just doing the tick, yeah. I was yeah, instead of doing tick, tick right? <laughs> and then I worked on the. I finally dusted off that FT racer, man, with the retracts. I had to put the wing through the fuselage and just mm-hmm. get my uh, servos connected up and the push rods and the linkage and all that stuff. And I think I had a turtle deck to do the the back part of that. Right. And I put in a, a you know a tail wheel that I could steer. Nice. Man, I, I ordered, I went to altitude and got the, uh, the suppo and the ESC for that. So when we come back, I'll have a few new planes to try out the Corsair and the FT racer. Nice. What motor did you uh, order for that? That plane, when I started out, uh, I think I had, I had a small motor in that to start with. And then I, and I wasn't flying it anywhere big. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like it chewed up the airspace that much. It flew. Okay. For the size, for the area I was in. And right. then I had joined that uh, club up in Goshen, New York, the Black Dirt Squadron. I joined that club, and they're, they have, like, unlimited, you know, airspace. Mm-hmm. And when I flew it up there for the first time, I was like, oh, boy, I got I to gotta put a hotter motor in this because it barely moved. And I remember going to a 400 
or I started out with a 400 and I eventually wound up with a 425. So, and it moved pretty good. Uh, so I got a, I got a 425 that can handle like a nine, six prop. And I think I'll be happy with that. Nice. When I did my racer, I did a, I think it was one of the quad motors, like a 22, 16, 1000 KV. It was, it was small. It's like, I guess a park 370. It was way too slow. Like it, I had full throttle and it barely even took off. Yeah, this thing, like I said, when well, you saw it, the one I had, and yeah, it, yeah, it moved out pretty good. So I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with that. And that because the retracts are in there, the wing is a little higher. Like I had to put like a quarter inch spacer, to, and okay. so the the actual height of the wing is higher. I don't know how that's gonna affect the fly. I think it's gonna slow it down a little bit, but it should be pretty cool. It's the retracts look really cool. They're like way out on the. They're like in the middle of the wing, mm-hmm. so when they come down, they're they're pretty far far apart. Okay, um, but I'll make it stable for landing and takeoffs. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to try that out. That and the uh, that and the Corsair and the Corsair. I have no idea what uh, what motor I'm going to put in that yet. I uh, biggest one you can fit. Yeah, but you know, like you said, you don't want to put anything too big because of the torque roll. And yeah. I looked at the one that I have in the Corsair, the that unique model. Mm-hmm. That I had crashed, and that one's pretty big, man. Like that one's large, so I don't know if I'm going to use that in the the other one. That's, I mean, all up flying weight is going to be under two pounds for this Corsair with the retracts and and everything, battery and everything. So I don't think I'm going to go too crazy. Oh, cool. We'll see. I might try the motor that I have in the Mustang because that thing, and I think it's similar to the 425. Okay. I got some um, tr- trays coming for the Goblin 380. I got those other batteries from Chris, and I still haven't used them yet. Oh, right on. I don't know who wants to go next. Rich, why don't you go? I'm going to have to pick up some helis now. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so basically I've been setting up races and different events for the club this week. So we're going to be running the Tri-State Championships for Multi-GP in nice. May. So- so that would be May 14th through the 15th, and that would be at Bell Labs in Homedale, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, wow. During the Steam Maker Fest event, so we're going to be taking part in that as well. Oh, wow. That's and, cool. Wait a minute. Where's that then, Where's that going to be located? That, that's at Bell Works in Homedale. The Steam, the, the Maker Fest, too? Yes. Oh, no kidding. So the racing will be, we have 300 feet indoors, and we're also going to do it outside. So wow. Going on at once. Oh, wow. That's going to be great. Hopefully you guys can make it. Uh, yeah, I got to get my skills up. I, I still can't make the first turn without crashing. <laughs> well, I mean, you can still go. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go hang that, out, help out, have fun. That's yeah, May sure. 14th, you said? Yeah, May 14th through the uh, 15th. Okay. I'll send you guys over some uh, documents on that, too, so you have it. Yeah, yeah. Send it over, and we'll also add to the show notes for... Anyone in this location that, you know, wants to stop by, check it out, you know, maybe join up, you know. Yeah, hopefully we get a good turnout. Now, in June, we're going to be holding the regional qualifiers for our region, which is Region 1A, which extends up to, goes from Maine all the way down to D.C. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're holding a qualifier at our field on June 11th for that event. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm just going to show up with a chair and watch Ricky Cricky yell at you guys. How come I can't fly helis? Oh. <laughs> I was going to just. Uh, 
I, I was gonna, you know, set up a chair and then, you know, turn on my 600 milliwatt, you know, transmitter oh, and just have it go through all the channels. <laughs> no, I, I'll give you a two watt if you want. You can use a two watt transmitter. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. cool. I want to see awesome a bunch stuff. of guys pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, just get a you know RF jammer. <laughs> I can't see my video feed lost. <laughs> Rich, did, you had something that could tell. You had some kind of like uh, device that could tell what was coming from where or something, right? Yeah, I have an RF Explorer, so it's basically a spectrum analyzer. So it does anywhere from, I believe, 200 megahertz all the way up to 6,000 megahertz. So you, you can scan the frequencies to make sure everybody's on the same frequency. Oh, wow. And also, it, it also gives you a power output as well. Oh. So does that interfere with someone actually transmitting, or is just reading that, like receiving... The signal and it'll kind of ping it and tell you the distance and stuff it's just receiving so it doesn't transmit anything okay and what it does is it actually shows you all of the frequencies and it has a graph so it shows you by power what's strongest to you know strongest to the weakest okay kind of like a wi-fi analyzer okay yes yeah it's the same exact thing it's exactly the same then do you use that before you go out to the field or before you go out to an event and check like the area out make sure there's no interference if i'm hosting it that's what i would do is what we well typically that's what i do you go out and you see what frequencies you can't use for the day's event okay mm -hmm. and so our some, field is pretty bad on the right hand side so yeah. i have some five gigahertz you know wi-fi network with crazy repeaters or something yep well i think the neighbor is trying to uh do something out there who the heck knows yeah and then we're also hosting the regional finals for that region, August 20th at Bell Labs as well. Nice. Damn. That's awesome. So is this what's what is Bell Labs? Is that like a, an older site that's been that Bell had and you guys are have permission to fly around there or something like that? Or Yeah, it's actually well, let's see. It was used to be back in business in the seventies, I guess. And that's where actually Horace Hagen's first helicopter flight was as well. Oh, oh really? Cool. So he flew his heli out there during that time. So Bell Labs, no, well, Bell no longer uses that. So mm -hmm. they've been remodeling it, and they want to add stores in there and add apartments and condos and things outside. So kind of make it into a small kind of its own entity kind of thing. Like a small community. Yeah. Oh. So John Victor from Drone Service Systems reached out to us to help him out with the event. And from there, we, it just kind of turned into a... Uh, a little more, I guess, and they're giving us the liberty to fly there and have events there as long as, you know, we're within their guidelines. Sure. Oh, awesome, man. That's nice. Good. That's cool because John will get a little publicity for his business then, too, I would I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he, he's going to be helping us with the Maker Fair event. That's pretty mm -hmm. much his event, and he just wants us. So we're going to help him with the racing and things like that. Is that like your regular Maker Fair type thing or? With 3D printers and all the crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, 3D, print, 3D printers. They're going to have, like, derby racing, downhill derby, hand power tool races, power wheels races, hackathons. They're going to have digital video animation photography exhibitions and things like that. Oh, nice. That's cool because I didn't know they had those in in our area, in Jersey, close to, you know, close well, this to the, This will be the first one. Oh, cool. Yeah, because we went to one a couple years ago in, in uh, where was that, in Brooklyn? Uh, in Queens. Queens. Yeah. And, yeah, it was in, it was in uh, Flushing by the the thing in Men in Black, the the two. Yeah, they, they, they have that one world, every year. World, World's Fair. Globe, World's Fair, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. That's oh. cool, man. I'm glad a closer one. That that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. That's awesome, and I really like that our our club is really involved in you know this MotoGP racing league and all that stuff, and you know just just really active. It's awesome. We're trying. We're also starting a, a team that's going to be competing nationally too. So we're going to try for that as well. Oh boy, nice. <laughs> is is it going to be just Tri County RC members, or is it going to be open up like with the S3 guys? Because those guys, you know, can whip around the track pretty well too. Well. It would just be Tri County RC. Okay. So any any Tri County RC members would be able to participate in it. All right. Nice. You heard that, Kevin? We gotta get we gotta get uh, our game going. You know. Yeah. We gotta be like Anthony and just sell all our helicopters. Sell all our helicopters. <laughs> join the dark he, he side. He actually told me he's selling he's selling all of them. So just FYI. <laughs> and we'll be. They're buying. all going. <laughs> no, that that's that's really cool. I. I this is what I was talking about earlier on a few podcasts ago. It's like now that I know a pilot, you know, or, you know, you, you need the history of the pilots for me to get into that, the racing. Yeah. Just makes it more relatable for me than just the quads going around. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So I kind of feel like that's what Rotor Riot's kind of about. Like it's trying to get in on like the more pilot stuff and not just obviously they're all, you know freestyling and flying these quads all over the place and we're you know different locations and stuff but i feel like they're trying to really concentrate on also like getting people to know these pilots like kind of like a reality show basically um, yeah which i like rotor ride does a lot of good things man i like them a lot especially uh mr steel steel davis yeah he's my uh, favorite freestyle pilot hands down yeah better than sharpoo as far as freestyle goes yes i would say so because every time I watch Sharpoo's video, I'm just like, how the hell does he fly this thing in such tight quarters? Well, see, that's Sharpoo. He flies it through such tiny little gaps, man. And yeah. You know, I know I know. It's, you know, a lot of it's edited, obviously. Like, you know, he crashes and he has a couple tries. But, like, some of his videos, he's going through this tight little hole and he, like, flips, like, does a double flip while he's going through it. It's just, you know. And the hang time he gets when he does, like, his big freestyle, like... A um, couple of his older videos, I guess, with Lumineer yep. and QAV. Um, it's just, you know, it looks like he just hangs there, like, inverted forever. It's it's insane. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could get to that level sometime soon. <laughs> you could. You could. Just got to practice stick time. That's all. I know. I know. But I don't want to lose my line of sight flying, though. You know, I... You're not going to lose it. <laughs> I'm so heavily dependent on it with these helicopters. <laughs> It's okay if you crash ones every once in a while. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, I'll go and to my weekend, my week stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, I flew Saturday with Kevin and Jeff and you know a lot of our club members. Um, it was pretty busy at the field. I guess with the with the old field or our regular field reopening, uh, a lot of folks came out. So it was it was nice. It was good to chat and you know talk to everyone. You know, just catch up. Um, I did a bunch of helicopter stuff. I uh, remade in my Goblin 700 competition. Um, I was getting this weird, you know, cyclic wobble. Couldn't really get it tuned out, but I tried a new V-Bar Neo on it, and it was perfect. I don't know why. Maybe just redoing the setup. It went perfect. And the Neo I took off of that, off the 700, I put on a 570, and that flew perfect too. I, You know, I need to tune it a little bit, but no bobbles, no, you know, weirdness going on. That's weird. 
Yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know. It could have just been the setup, I guess. I'm, I'm new to the V-bar and V-control, so, so you know, there's probably a little bit of a learning curve. Could that have been what you used to stick it to the helicopter itself? Like, maybe it was loose a little, or you probably checked that, though. No, it's the same single layer of that gray uh, 3M double-sided tape. Yeah. The one that comes with the red plastic. Um, Yeah. I, I, I've been doing that for all, whether it's Icon, Beastex, you know, forever since I've been flying flywireless heli. So, and never really had a problem until this one. Hmm. Um, yeah, but hey, they're both flying good. So I'm happy with that. I'm actually going to be, um, oh, I worked on the FT Mini Guinea. I wanted to build a new one for Neff. I really went crazy with this thing. Like, not crazy as far as like adding cool stuff to it, but I mean, in two nights, about three hours a night, I went from printed sheets of plans, taping it together, cutting it out, cutting it, putting on foam board, cutting the foam board out, and then building it and putting all the electronics in, you know, in about like, a, I guess, about a six, seven hour span between the two days. Like record time. Yeah, like I just, I just, you know, I had, I actually had some music going with my Bluetooth headphones and that's all I was doing, just concentrating on that. And then actually last night I uh, had a bit of time, f- free time, so I uh, started building the the Hive 210. I'm not sure what company makes it. There's an FR logo on it, but I'm not sure if it's what that means, free rider. I don't know. But um, yeah. So I, I got the I got the 2204 1900 kV motors from from Anthony. He hooked me up with those. And I think it only has like 12 amp Simon K ESCs, but I'll run 3S, so it'll be fine, I think, for that. Yeah. Uh, it's really tight. That frame is, I, I don't, like, the 210 is, everything was tight. I don't know how people run 180 frames because, I mean, everything, like, everything was just stacked up in there, and, like, I barely had room enough to put the DSMX satellite in there. But uh, well, you probably used the low profile stack. Was that why? I used the low profile. Well, one of them was low, right? The PDB. Was like yep. you know just off the the deck of the the frame. Then the next one was kind of like I don't know maybe quarter of an inch. So that one's a little bit higher. Um, I couldn't use the 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 I guess the I don't know what they're called the what are they called the posts that you put the top plate and the bottom plate together. The nylon standoffs. Yeah, these are these are actually metal, but um the standoffs not the standoffs for like the the flight controller and the PDB, but for the actual frame. For the yeah for the top and lower plate. Yeah, so <clears throat> the one that the hive came, it, I couldn't fit anything. So um, Anthony ended up giving me his uh, that Emax two fifty whatever that he got from John John Dale, and then I basically took the the post from there and just kind of elevated it and, and got everything to fit. Um, I need to get a new video transmitter. The one I have is an immersion 250 milliwatt, and you know you guys know the immersion ones. They're pretty big compared to like the newer um, Chinese ones or whatever brands you know that they are now. So I'm gonna probably pick one up at Neff because I know Luke's RC has a couple of those, like the 32 channel ones. Okay. In the 200 milliamp, I think I saw them at the Ram show, and it's only like with the camera and the video transmitter was like 30 bucks. Right. Just make sure they they have race band in them too. Well, I'm not using race band. Do I need to go race band? If you could, I would. It, it'll just make it easier for events and things like that. L- let's say you want to compete compete nationally on the national level. Mm-hmm. They use race band. Okay. I think for that setup, if I did want to go in there, I would. Uh, 
I'd probably build a new quad and kind of do a little better job with it because, you know, um, I didn't put the best quality stuff in this. And, you know, it's just kind of for me to bang around. And Yeah, I was just going to say, it doesn't need to be the best necessarily. You can just have something you want to fly around with. And then as you progress right. and get better. Yeah, like I'm going to want to get 23, you know, 2300 KV motors, like something with more juice and, um, you know, like 20 or 30 amp. Kissies or the little bees or something. Yeah, you can um, do little bees. The little bees are good too. Yeah, so like I know when that when I'm at that point where I'm gonna want to you know upgrade the actual electronics in it, I'll just build a new one and and then you know do it right from the from the ground up on that one. So, but for now, I think um you know just for a club, I want to do a I lot of freestyle perfect. stuff. I wanna I wanna I wanna flip, kind of the stuff that you do. Like you know you just fly up and you flip 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 and you do like a quick roll and you come back down. Like I want to do some freestyle stuff with this. Um, probably a little bit more than racing. But yeah, I got I got that done yesterday. So. Hopefully, um, you can I'll, use VHB tape on your ESCs too. That same tape that you use for the Heli's uh, fly barless units. Oh, the 3M tape, yeah, the double side. Yeah, yep, that's what I use on my ESCs. Just put it underneath them, and the whole it'll stick together that way. And so, but with the uh, the shrink wrap on them, right? Yeah, but since you don't have it, I would use it without it too. Yeah, I just, just don't to want keep to... it just to get it away from the carbon fiber, if you could. Yeah, yeah. So right now they're just mounted right on. So I'm gonna have to take the tape off and and uh, put some double sided tape down and you know isolate it. Let's see here. Let's go into our main topic. So multi rotors and quad racing. Before we get really deep into this about you know more of the quad racing and drone racing, I kind of wanted to talk about the different uses for multi rotors. I know we probably covered this a little bit before, but um, it's kind of good to get a nice solid foundation because it's not all about quad racing, even though that's kind of the news these days um you know there's there's definitely different platforms you can use these quads and multi-rotors for so one um obviously is area photography you know we we have a couple friends that um do like real estate photography and you know it's pretty nice you know get some nice very slow moving quads that lift up you know pretty heavy cameras and just kind of do some nice scenery yeah i got the chance to see uh john and his inspire and he just yeah. sets it up and does waypoints and goes over it. It hangs out. He can take pictures, you know, mm-hmm. move the gimbal around, and then, you know, you tell it to come back and lands by itself. That Inspire is, is amazing. Yeah. Did you see the HD video downlink, too? That's what I wish we had, man. No, I haven't. He has 4K on that, I thought. Your FPV video is actually HD. Oh, Oh, man. nice. That's cool. So is this legal? I mean, can they legally do this? I mean, no, that was a whole thing, like, six months ago or when they were talking about this whole you know quad thing like can can they legally do this and legally charge now or or is it still up in the I air? think you still need your what is that the 333 333 exemption, exemption and, and yeah. also your you, you need you need to have a pilot's license as well so is it a full-fledged pilot license or is it just like the uh the ground school license or something like you know how to you know you have to have at least your sport i believe okay it's it's insane. I don't get what well, having your pilot's license would do. I don't I don't get it either, fully. But um, one of the things I heard, and I might have heard on a different show or, or maybe on a YouTube video, which you know I can't take it for what it is. You know, it's a video. But um, I heard that people you can go around this whole pilot license thing by taking like a five or six hour hot air balloon pilot license, and that that will legally make it. That you have a pilot license to fly this and 
you know, fly for business or for that. That's very true. Sure. We actually looked into that because we wanted to start our our own business actually doing that. And that's, I believe, last time we checked, that was about five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's like one and a half inspires right there. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper than your pilot's license, though. True. Talk about pilot's license real quick. Sorry about tangent, but Kevin. Yeah. When are you doing yours? I don't know, dude. I got that one class. Yeah, I have to set that up for sure. I should probably should have scheduled it by now because the weather's been really good. I was thinking I had a little time to you know hang out Mm because the weather is usually pretty bad in the in the springtime, and we really haven't had much of a spring. It's been mild, or not much of a winter, really. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know when I schedule it. I got it right here on my desk. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna just strap like tons of GoPros on you. I wanna. Uh, you know what? You should get one of those three D, uh, those three D cameras. The three sixty, I mean, not three D, three sixty uh, cameras. Just put it on top of your head. You can see every all around. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, come back to air photography. There's also obviously uh, the air bears doing their search and rescue. True. You know, for for farmers and utility companies to use drones as or multi rotors for. Just, you know, surveys of their land or of their, you know, utility stuff. I mean, that's got to have some worth right there, you know? Oh, for sure. But didn't wasn't there a company in – or no, it was public service, I think, in Chicago. Yeah. The Chicago area that was using it to inspect, like, uh, over this cliff uh, pipe work mm-hmm. or something. And, yeah, they got, they got told by the FAA that they couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, you know, you're, you can take – human life risk out of it by using these you know using technology why wouldn't we we use technology to save people's lives all the time you know why can't we use it to prevent you know harm or anything to you know just because oh they fly i mean i don't know i don't get it but anyways i might get hate mail for saying this but i mm-hmm. think it, it's a government business and if they take a job away from a union employee it's just one less Union employee that's not working, and they give it to a drone. I don't know. Yeah, but they could train that union employee to not oh, sure. hang over at a cliff with a rope, but to hey, you have you know the whole setup, uh, the rappelling, all that stuff. I mean, you got a three day job that now turns into a three hour job. Ah, uh, very true. So I don't know. I, yeah, I hate to it, think it, like that, but it <laughs> could be. It could just be like the mechanics, you know. It takes three hours to do a job, but the book says it takes six. You try for six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, all right. So besides, you know, farmers and utility companies, and you know, folks that uh, take, you know, do aerial photography, I've been seeing a lot of drone use in the in the entertainment and news business. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, especially movies and shows. You can movies. tell when the drone shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Movies and shows. I, I, you know, I watch Good Morning America. That's kind of my default channel when I wake up in the morning. And I think they did some special on like this ice cavern thing. And it was just like they had a Phantom. I think he's a either a Phantom Three or Phantom Four and an Inspire. And they had two pilots flying around, getting real low into the cavern a bit and coming out and getting some nice wide shots. And I mean, that's awesome. You know, sporting events. I know, like right now, what? Not right now. I mean, they had that. Uh, that octocopter or you know hex come down on that skier or right be right behind the skier but i mean you know if you're following common sense like you could get some awesome shots following a skier down a a speed pass or whatever they're doing you know 
like back mountain like think about like you know you go to uh you know whistler black hole up in uh british columbia and you have you know you have your friend flying a drone following you coming down you know just making these awesome fresh tracks like i i don't know i just feel like there's so much cool stuff you could do with it why limit you know why limit the use yeah and you said news i was gonna i actually was gonna mention that i haven't since the faa is requiring and since that whole deadline went through i haven't mm-hmm. seen anything in the news about anybody doing anything stupid with a quad and i think it's kind of suspicious but uh i was gonna say that but then i thought wait a minute i saw a video on facebook of an inspire hovering and a guy coming up with a jet ski and slamming oh right yeah into it. yeah he tried to like do like a, a flip over it or something or jump over it I, I don't know i just saw the video like the the five you know the five second clip or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like oh there you go <laughs> yeah i think he tried to jump over it but if you actually look at the jet skier he like jumped wrong and he ends up falling off and yeah it basically looks like he threw the jet ski at the inspire oh man that was... yeah that sucks yeah <laughs> salt water or water in general but salt water and electronics and nah, that's just done for then there was another video i saw where the guy was taking footage of they had like a lake house mm-hmm. and, he, and he had it up maybe 100 100 feet up uh recording his kids playing on the dock area and, okay. and I guess the it the battery started to go. <laughs> the battery uh. started running out. It started coming down, and he was like, he scrambled. He ro- he ran over to where the boat was, and I guess was going to try and throw that. And then he just walked out there. It was like waist deep, and he like grabbed it right as it was coming down. Oh man! And it was like, uh, this is why you don't put an old battery in or something. Somebody said something like that, you know? Yeah. And make sure you check your batteries. Yeah, check your batteries. Set a timer, you know. All the stuff that, you know, the hobbyists know to do. Sit up there and fly for like 20, 30 minutes. It surprises me. The Inspire, yeah. The one that John yeah, had. Like, that's what he was saying, yeah. That, I, that's I wonder, amazing. I mean, that's that would worry shit. Me. That would worry you? Yeah. Yeah, sitting up there for 30 minutes, like, uh, when's my battery going to run out? We fly for two minutes and that's it. Yeah. I mean, they, there's there's no, I mean, I know there's video telemetry that like tells you your distance, your altitude, all that stuff. There's got to be one for for your battery voltage. Oh, he's. I think he had everything on that, on the the radio and the transmitter. He had that big screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had Google Earth up there, and and it was tracking <laughs> that. It was it was amazing. I guess you know all the warning and you know telemetry. If you don't pay attention to it, it doesn't do any good. So. Exactly, that's the problem because most of these guys, since they have a screen. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the quad and looking at the screen and looking at the quad. Yeah, I do see that a lot. There are a lot of head looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. Yeah, let's go into the racing stuff. That's kind of, you know, that's blown up so big. I mean, yeah, just, we're, uh, I was going to say we're going to Neff next week. And mm-hmm. if you think last year when we went there, and Neff is an indoor event in, in Ohio, uh, when you think last year we went there, you and I were the only ones that had quads, and we like just put them up and flew them around and did some recording. Yeah, there was maybe like there was maybe like three people or four people. Oh, was there including, more? Yeah, there was a couple guys that had quads, I mean, but they're more like they didn't they didn't have like the two fifty race quads and stuff like that we were flying at the time. It was more like the Dromeda and right Nano QX and like the store bought you know type of ready to fly stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like this year, if they have like an event, you know, a drone race or something, I'd be quite surprised to see if they don't like 
do something, you know, freestyle or like a little mini race or something. I mean, I didn't see anything on their website when I looked at the flyer, but I mean, that's this is this is what's hot, you know. You you want to get the people to come, yeah. You know, you you basically tag along to what's hot right now in the hobby, and and hopefully, you know, people catch on and they explore more of the hobby once they get into it and once they get hooked, you know. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about a couple of the different racing leagues because there's. I mean, in the last month or two, I just started hearing all of these new ones. I mean, I think MultiGP was probably the first in the U.S. to kind of start getting established. Um, and then, you know, we heard about this one in Dubai, the drone. Uh, is it a World Drone Prix? Yeah, it's the World Drone Prix. You know, and I guess the prince of Dubai is, like, backing this because... I mean, they must have dumped so much money into this thing. It's insane. The coverage, the I, I heard all the pilots had a HD downlink. Yep. Well, so, five pilots each, so five yeah. pilots for heat would have an HD downlink system. Right, and then they had to run a different um, uh, transmitter or control system, right? They had to run like 900 or 433, I think. Yeah, it was the TBS Crossfire. Right. So, so that yeah. runs on anywhere from 400 to 800 uh, megahertz, depending on what you select. Okay, that's the. And they got all of that for them. Yeah, yeah. That's the radio. That's uh, it's got to be the radio that controls the quad, then. Yeah, yeah, the control. Because you have control your HD. Transition. Well, so what's mm-hmm. the HD downlink on 5.8? No, I think it was 2.4, and that's why they had to go oh, with the. Uh, okay. The different. Yeah, control. it was 2.4 for the spectators. Ah. And then 5.8 video for the uh, quad pilots. And they were still HD on 5.8? No, no, that was not HD. Oh, okay. Because the thing with HD nowadays is you have about a, don't quote me on this, but I think it's 100, 250 millisecond lag. So by the time you see the gate, you're already hitting it. Right. Okay, so they're still flying 5.8, you know, like video feed directly to their goggles or whatever. They're, and then they, I guess they had an additional camera, kind of like how we would put a GoPro or Mobius on the camera that would do the HD downlink. Correct, so that the spectators uh, can see it. Yep. Nice. But they had issues with that, I believe, so they had to get rid of them. Oh, really? Yep. And the course layout, I mean, <laughs> that thing looks so cool. You know, that I, it's, yeah, just like. I mean, the course wasn't that complicated. It wasn't a lot of crazy turns. You know, you basically shoot out the gate, you make a turn, and you go up, go, you know, up to this other gate, come back down, and you you make a right and a right and a left or something. You know, it wasn't, like, you know, really complicated or anything. But the way they had, like, the course was it was lifted off the ground. It kind of looked like a, a spider skeleton uh, bones, you know, kind of like you're in the ribs of a... Uh, of like a prehistoric animal or something just flying through these bones, you know, that are all lit up with LEDs and stuff. Oh, is that the picture of what I saw? I, I was trying to figure out what that was. The arms actually moved, so they can they can create gates and move them however they like. Oh, wow. Oh, Once I find geez. the video, I'll post it for you guys, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll post it in the show notes. That's that's crazy. I kept seeing a picture of that on Facebook, and I was like, what is, it, what is that, like a time lapse of the quads going around? or so? I couldn't figure out what that was. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Like the course is just wow, it's just amazing. Um, now that's just the World Drone Prix, or is that? Yes, that's just that one. Okay. Yes, 
So there's also a couple other ones like Drone Racing League, DRL. And that, I think that's uh, primarily in the U.S. I know their first uh, trials or event was in Yonkers. And I think we spoke about this on the other one, uh, another episode. And they're doing – they had one at Miami at the uh, – I think the Dolphins uh, Stadium down there. Right. Yes. And that's the one where you see them like they're flying – Along the like, I guess the first level grandstand, and then they go outside into uh, the back of house type area, then they come back in. So they're going through like, you know, these concrete like lit up gates or passageways and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, this the drone racing league seems like it's the one that they're the, that the networks are covering more in the United States. Yeah, am I right about that? It seems like it's more set up for that like a nascar type thing yeah it, well that's mostly what it's set up for i would say it's for spectators mostly entertainment purposes mm-hmm. okay and then there's uh international drone racing association yep that's the idra and they're mostly based out of california and they were the ones helping out with the uh, world drone prix in dubai nice and then there's another one you wrote down here it's um aerial grand prix yep that's another one based out of california too so there's a lot of them based in the U.S. I mean, I guess except for World Drone Prix, which well, is that based out of the U.S.? But you know, first event was in Dubai, or is it something that they wanted to like you know do in Dubai and they just kind of did it? Yeah, that was just something that they wanted to do, and I guess they're going to keep doing it going forward. From what I hear, we'll see what happens. This is interesting. It's kind of like you know. Uh... Baseball leagues or football leagues when they started up, they had you know a bunch of different ones and yeah, it was it's going to be interesting to see which one actually sticks. You know, it right, takes right. Off. I think that the DRL is going to stick around and that's going to help out. It's actually going to help grow multi GP. Multi GP is kind of like your grassroots community, so anybody can come out and race and have fun. Mm-hmm. You can start a chapter, things like that. Right. Whereas DRL, you have to be invited. So. I think it's really going to grow that way. I think those two and the World Drone Prix, obviously, are going to be the surviving ones. Now, I brought up a question when we were talking about this podcasts ago. Um, you said the DRL, you have to be invited. What? How do they even know about you, or how do you get invited? Well, as far as I it was based on YouTube views, which really kind of, it seems really weird to me. It makes no sense. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's based on who you know, what you know, and your YouTube views. Hmm. I mean, I think they should just do it like, hey, you know, anyone can come and do the trial. Like, if you exactly. qualify, you should be able to race, no matter yeah, if you exactly. have a view on YouTube, right? You know? They claim to have the world's best pilot, but they don't. I mean, everybody should have the ability to go there and qualify and see if you're good enough or not. Yeah, I mean... They have the world's best pilot as viewed by somebody on YouTube. <laughs> Right. Exactly. It's like, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's the way it works. Yeah, I mean, like, those metrics are skewed anyways. I mean, I don't know. But that's cool, I guess. I mean, you know, you, you know you're Sharpoo, you're Steel, you're, you know, these these multi-rotor guys that, are, you know, just kill it out there, you know? They're not allowed at DRL, actually. Why not? Uh, because of Rotor Ride. Huh. Really? So kind of, yeah, the DRL contacted them and it says it kind of works against their agenda. Wow, conflict of interest, huh? That's, that's yep. insane because Rotor Riot's on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? They get the most views. <laughs> <laughs> that's bizarre. Exactly. That's, that, 
So I, I asked uh, Charfu Carlos, it's like, well, why is that? I mean, you guys are the best pilots, in my opinion. Right. It makes no sense. Why wouldn't they invite you guys? Did he have a response for that? Yeah, well, all, all he said was that he doesn't know. They just weren't allowed. Wow. So they can't take part in DRL. So we'll see if that, hopefully that changes soon, because that kind of pushes me away from him a little bit. Yeah, I, I really think that, you know, you could be nobody, and if you can go around that course the fastest, you should be able to fly. You should be able to compete, you know? It should yeah, be about skill, not by Facebook likes or, or YouTube likes, you know? Or views. Exactly. There's, there's plenty of guys that are multi-GP based that are really fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they should have the ability to go there, too. We don't. Most people don't fly with GoPro cameras when you're racing and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you want to keep the you know the ship as light as possible, and you know turn it as quick as possible. So yeah, why would you add the extra weight of a GoPro or Mobius? You know. Huh. All right. Talking about all these races, uh, I know especially. If, I mean, we're gonna probably talk about the World Drone Prix the most. Um, that just happened. Cash prizes are insane. Um, so we have the uh, first place winner. Now I'm not sure exactly. First place in just the race, right? Just in the the competition, went to Luke Bannister, um, which was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar take home there. Correct. Um, Fifteen years old from the UK. I mean, wow. Fifteen years old and you know have a quarter million dollars. What do you do? <laughs> Put it in the bank. That's what my father would tell me. Well, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> It's in a trust fund bank account for him. Well, what, what they're saying now is, though, that he had to split it 43 ways. 43 ways? I, I hope that's not true. Why 43? What's the what's that number? Well, Tornado X-Blades, which was the energy drink from the UK that sponsored them to go there. Okay. Had a couple of teams at the event. Oh, so with the other pilots? That's not... Yeah. That's what I said. It's not right. So I hope that oh. people are wrong. It's something that they're saying, uh, you know, online. So I hope they're wrong. Wow. I hope it's not because that's not right at all. No, because I mean, he's the one who. Yeah, fine. Okay, they they you know fronted him the, uh, you know, his travel expenses and and the means to get there. But it all came down to his flying ability to win that first place. So exactly, and, and uh, his and his team. So two others, and that's it. Three yeah. people. Yeah, not forty-three others. Yeah, not forty-three. That's that seems a little weird. I don't know. Hmm. It seems like that uh, energy drink, whatever company is taking advantage. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. Well, he's gonna pay thirty percent of that to the United Kingdom. From what I know, they're gonna take thirty percent of that. It'll still pay for his college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, it's thirty percent in the UK. That's what I was able to find real quick. I was interested in that. This only comes from another story I heard about a Swedish guy who won a poker tournament, and he won like twelve million dollars or something like that. And the guy that came in second won like four, and the guy that came in first place because he was from Sweden, uh, the Swedish government, it took ten million dollars. And Whoa, the guy that came wow. in second, who lived in the United States, and the United States took like. Uh, I don't know, four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars of the. Yeah, they take the twenty, thirty percent of the four million or whatever. So the guy that actually came in second came home with more money. Wow. The guy that won. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's some silly. It, it, it there is a cap. It's some kind of like once it goes over a certain amount, like six hundred thousand dollars, 
it's like it's like an eighty percent that goes to the government. Wow. Yeah. It's what crazy. So it, it just it just I, I, I look at stuff like that when I when I see like where they're from, I'm like, hmm, wonder how much their, you know, government took and I really should start a government podcast so I can get like death threats and shit like that. <laughs> get some anthrax in the mail. Oh, I'd be fired like within a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so first place in freestyle went to uh, this Korean kid. I'm, I'm not sure how old uh, he is, but uh, Min Chan Kim. He's he's either 12 or 13, I believe. Oh man! All yeah. these youngsters, man, they're just killing it out there. And uh, his take home was 50,000. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. You know, even Steel should have won that. Did he compete? Yeah, he got second place, so he took home twenty five thousand. Oh, okay. But actually, Min Min Chan Kim. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. He uh, he lo- He didn't have FPV video, so he was flying line of sight for his run. Whoa! Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And they still classified that as first. I-, I think it should have been separate. Yeah, I was gonna say that should be a separate category. Yeah. And free- we- and when you do freestyle, that's that's based on somebody's opinion of you. I mean, you obviously. First yeah, place is well, first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's how it always been with freestyle or any type of like yeah. flashy, you know, type of flying or driving, you know, like the drift contest, you know, it's all about style. Yeah, I mean, most of the competitive stuff you see uh, like that in the Olympics, you know, with skating and stuff like that, it's all based on, you know, their opinion of how you did. But uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's kind of weird that, I mean, that would be, to me, that would make a considerable difference from flying line of sight. Oh, definitely. You have that depth per- perception and you know how far off the ground you are and, you know, by looking. I don't know. That should definitely have been a different category. And he's a pro highly pilot, so for him it was like, you know, it's nothing. He flies uh, He flies for Goblin. Yeah. He's a pro heli pilot at 13? Mm-hmm. Uh, he... <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's actually quite a bit of them now. I mean, I know uh, Oxy just signed a, a kid who's like 10 or 11. You know, it's, it's just kids, you know, they, if they get into it young enough, they just, they can, they'll outbeat all of us. Dude, I'm just having fun, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but they're having fun, too. <laughs> Where is this guy from, the the, the kid? He's, He's from, Korea. from Korea. Oh, I didn't know if he, he was He lives just... in Korea, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he lives in Korea. I I saw a couple of his videos, and, you know, he, he, he smacks the crap out of a Goblin 700, like, <laughs> I mean, and he, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a Korean thing, but he's kind of like me. He runs, like, super crazy head speed, you know, and just that, his goblins, his, everything's just screaming. I love it. 4,500 head <laughs> Yeah, speed. I don't know. Because I didn't change opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's crazy that there's this type of serious money into flying toys, you know? Come on, let's all be oh, realistic. Yeah. These are toys. I agree with you. It is crazy. You know, I'm just. And it's good to see the kids doing it. You know, it's like you know, they're not getting fifty grand for playing PlayStation or anything like that. So it's it's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's insane. I, who would have thought, like ten, fifteen, maybe twenty years ago, that like you could win this type of money from like fly, you know, playing with toys, flying little toy drones, or you know, that's crazy. And I love the fact that they're using the word drone too. Because, you know, for a while that was such a taboo type of word, you know. 
Yeah, we're we're gonna have to start using that word now too. Yeah, I mean, we. I don't want to say old folks, but I hate it, but but I've given into it. Yeah, you just kind of have to, like, you know, when it, when we first started hearing about all these multi rotors flying into this building or that, you know, all these quote unquote drones flying into this, flying to that, sightings and everything, you know, we hated the word because it was such a negative word to us, right? We we're in this hobby and we're, we love these multi rotors and these planes and and you know helicopters, and now it's like. Drone, they're all drones, you know. FAA, they think everything is a UAS, is a drone, everything's a drone. And it's like, so we associate that word as like, ah, oh, crap, I don't want to use that word, I don't want to acknowledge that word, but it's too late. <laughs> we just need to give in and, and accept the, that's the name for this type of multi rotor, you know, drones. Yeah, I, I fought it for a long time. I was correcting myself, said multi rotor, but now I'm glad because. I don't want to see the media being the only ones that can use that word and in a negative way, you know? True. Yeah. So we got to be positive about it. So fly your drones, kids. And you can win a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Now we're going to call them drones. That's it. Yeah. Rich, let me ask you, uh, how would you get into quad racing? Like, uh, I think Kevin wrote this question here. Yeah, um, I have a couple of questions there, yeah. So, you know, let me let you say it. <laughs> let me let you ask it, Kevin. Yeah, basically... If somebody saw this on TV and said, "Oh, I'd love to try that," like, how would you how would you start out? Would you recommend starting with with a plane first, or you know, just line of sight flying stuff around? Start out with a little blade nano. I would say start out with a blade nano. That would be my first recommendation, and just you know, fly that line of sight until you're feeling comfortable. Then you can graduate to a blade nano QX FPV. Go from there. And see if you're interested in that. Then if you're interested, you can step up to different side squads. I guess I I kind of went the opposite way. I was had a couple of larger ones and then was like, oh, I got to try that little FPV Nano thing and fly it around my neighborhood. That was like a year, I think, after I was flying the large larger flight test Electra Hub thing around, chasing mm-hmm. you guys around. Yeah. Well, I, I guess if you're coming from planes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think you would have to fly the QX. You can probably just skip to, you know. A beginner size 250 or build your own something for that sort something cheaper yeah so you would actually recommend to do line of sight if you wanted like if you're strictly like i want a quad race you would i don't know i mean i don't want to say it's a, a waste of time but it's, it's a skill that you don't really need to know flying fpv so you wouldn't just recommend someone going with a nano qx fpv just right off the bat get the ready to fly with the the teleporter goggles and the you know the the little cheap controller well if they want but but most people get sick when they fly a pv at first <laughs> mm, true yeah motion sickness right yeah so you don't want to go into that and then you know it pushes you away from it right okay that makes sense that happened with john the first time <laughs> i heard <laughs> so would, would john 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 reyes yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I heard he got sick. Like uh, first hey, time, he, he got a little sick. Yeah. First time he was he was trying to fly to be through the goggles. Mm-hmm. Really, I would think you would want to know how to fly line of sight though, because if you lost a signal and had to, you know, say you were coming in towards yourself and you know coming in yeah, exactly. Land or whatever, See, that's another reason for that too. If something happens and, and you, you lose to... your video, you at least want to know what to do. Yeah, yeah, but it's a quad we're talking about, right? So all four points at a aircraft look the same for the most part if you see this little dot 
flying towards you, you're like, I don't know which way it's facing. <laughs> like, you know, oh, crap, I crashed, light of sight, rich hit. <laughs> yeah, but I had the, the red LEDs on the back of mine. True, true, of course. Yeah, you can do that. You can add LEDs to help you. Yeah. I actually think I it had... really cool with LEDs. Like, I think that should be a standard. I, I like the LEDs, but I don't like that they had weight. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, if you're racing, you want to keep it as light as possible. But like one little strip on the back, just the the red on the back, just to know that you know, I don't know. I just I, it feels it reminds me of like the Millennium Falcon. I don't know. It's a Star Wars thing, maybe. Well, that, that's what got me to the racing aspect of this is the Argonne video. So that's the infamous, you know, Star Wars through the forest video that they show. Yes. Have you yeah. guys seen that? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've that's seen. That's really that. what got me to the racing. I've seen the actual, the movie. <laughs> uh, but to Return say, what, Jedi saw, when, uh, saw the actual yeah, I was, Falcon fly? <laughs> I shot a couple of those little Ewoks when I was part of the Imperial Navy. Um, but <laughs> no, Navy. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a freaking Star Wars nerd, dude. I used to watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and how they actually shot that footage for the original movie, the 83 movie, was mm-hmm. they took a Steadicam and they walked through the through the forest. Like to get yeah. to get the background plates, mm-hmm. and they had a slow shutter, so they were able to blur the footage to what they needed, and and that's how they actually filmed that background plate. It's gonna be that would be cool to compare it to like the quads nowadays and, and check it out. I've well, seen that's, some that's of this. Stuff. I've seen some of the uh, footage, you know, where they're racing through the forest and the, with the LEDs on the back of the quads, and it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, it just looks so cool. We actually have a course cut out at our field in the woods over on the left-hand side. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So we're going to start using that a little more now when it starts warming up again. How would you mark that out? Would you, like, use, you know, caution tape or red tape along the the path to make it so that way you can tell, like, which way you're going? Yeah, well, Perry picked up some yellow caution tape. That's what we're going to try and use. Okay. Maybe and something... Also, uh, Little arrows with LEDs on them too. That too. Well, Hobby King makes that cool little sign thing. Yeah, I, we actually pick those up. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, and the remote control. You can like turn them left or right, or put red or green or whatever. Um, and probably something on the ground would probably be good because a lot of times I feel like your reference point on the ground helps you tell you if you're on the track. <laughs> on race days, we I don't know if you've noticed we use a little. We have these orange cones, like soccer cones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we use for race day. So we're definitely going to be using those in the woods, too. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the, the video that uh, What's-His-Name made. Which is really good, man. I like it. If somebody goes to use the bathroom in the woods, are they going to be on camera <laughs> when you are racing? Uh-oh, privacy. Might just have to hover over him a little bit. <laughs> just circle around him, you know, as he's you know, doing his business. <laughs> I can hear Tony already. Come on! <laughs> yeah. Get out of here! Oh boy, uh, that's cool though. I I could I could envision you guys doing maybe some gates too. Like if you had trees that were more or less, you know, parallel to each other on the on the course, that you could maybe do something, string something across. There are a lot of trees that are actually down in there. So and they're pretty big. So there's like a four foot gap between the ground oh. and the trees. Oh. So we were going to use those as our gates for the course. Oh, there you go. I'll tell you, you had some good footage of one of the races I saw. You put the, just a little video together, and uh, it was amazing because you could see the other pilots and everything, the other the other quads racing around. 
Um, so, so it was DVR footage, right? Yes. I can't do the DVR footage. It's I don't know. I mean, I know that's your video feed. That's what you're seeing, but um, I don't know. I like to have oh. a little better quality so I can see exactly what's going on. And just like, Whoop. what was that? <laughs> I'm with you. That, that's why I don't think it's going to pick up for papers yet. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to get like Dubai did get some sort of HD download so that people can watch it that way. Yeah. So I don't think many people are going to be interested in watching a DVR feed from the goggles. Yeah, especially if you bring out a monitor or something and blow it up. It's going to look yeah. worse. It's going to look pixelated. You get video breakup. And, you know. Yeah, put it on the tablet. I mean, it does look pretty bad. But, hey, let everybody else watch. Why not? You know, if you if you were, okay, you got past the, the Nano QX phase, you know, you're pretty proficient in flying um, self-leveling quads. And you want to get into a, a 250, you know, what's what's the best size to start with? Is it is it get a 250? Is it get a 450? Is it get a 210 or 180 oh. or a tweaker or screaker or, or, you know, like <laughs> there's so many different ones. Like how does someone get know what to start with, you know? I say it all depends on what you want to do. If you want to do strictly racing, mm-hmm. I would say to start out with a 250 size. Okay. So something like the uh, Vortex Pro. Okay. It's all ready to go, and you can start out with that, and that'll grow with you as well. So, would you recommend something like a Vortex Pro, which is kind of a ready to fly, right? You just kind of buy in your receiver, um, and then and then go through the setup, and you're ready to go, right? Compared to something like where you actually had to build. Well, if you, I, I would build personally. That's what I would suggest, but most people don't like to build so they want something that's all right to fly we've had a couple of those that come to the club and you know at first i suggest building a 210 or 250 something similar to that size Mm -hmm. and they either don't have the time or don't have the know-how and they don't want to take the time out to do it so then after that i suggest the uh, 250 pro yeah yeah i would think you could keep the cost down building it yourself but that all depends oh you definitely you definitely can you we uh i helped my friend build a pretty decent qav 210 for about two hundred and fifteen dollars. That's not bad at all. Oh, that's that doesn't lot. include FPV gear or transmitter. No, or no like but that. that's motors, ESC, flight controller, PDB. Is that including OSD? Uh, no, no OSD. No OSD. So no transmitter, no camera, right? It, it includes the transmitter and the camera. A oh, transmitter and camera. So, wow. Okay. It includes everything for your quad besides the OSD and your transmitter and your goggles. That's it. Trans- I mean. Your transmitter, as far as controlling goes, not video. Sure. So your uh, your receiver, um, your your control receiver, and okay, and that's not including packs, probably, and and that's not including the nice, you know, durable antennas. You know, that's probably using the the whips that it came with the video transmitter whips. No, that's actually using the Duraspecs. Really? The VAS uh, Duraspec antennas. Oh wow, that's not bad at all, really. No, that's come down. Prices come down a lot. I think the video stuff has gone down tons. Like I remember getting my Fat Shark. You know, I think it was like a kit that came with the video transmitter, um, a you know a normal little 5.8 gigahertz whip antenna, and the um, the transmitter, the camera, and the whip. And I remember it was like it was like a hundred bucks or a hundred something. And then I bought like recently. I went off of eBay and I couldn't believe that it was only thirty dollars. 
you know, and I got a, instead of a, a seven channel or an eight channel, I got a 32 channel that kind of goes between the fast shark boss cam and all the different, you know, frequency ranges, the standards um, for it. And like for a third the price, it's great. And it's so much smaller, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Immersion BTX, uh, I used to actually have it on my planes because they used to fly planes FPV, too. Mm-hmm. We're actually huge. Nowadays, the VTXs are small, and they're like five grams only. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait in, until we get the same technology from uh, the Inspire 1 down into a smaller package like that with no latency. Well, that's that's going to be hard. I mean, think that's about it. That's the goal. <laughs> you know, HD video, that that wireless downlink is pushing so much bitrate. It's pushing so much oh, yeah. data, you know, that like, first of all, I don't think 5.8 would be good enough for it. I think it would have to go on a higher frequency band to just have that, I don't know, bandwidth for it. I don't. So we'll have to see it. But then you lose out on your, um, how far you could go, right? Like the higher frequency you go, the less range you have. You know, that's yeah, why. Yeah, but you could, uh, four for video would be great. Mm-hmm. For HD video, I think that would work well. Yeah, I mean, even if it's on a low-end HD, I think it would be fine, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, or or it... even even if they fix the frequency issues, which we have now, that would be right. great, too. Where it automatically scans like our radios do, that would be awesome. Yeah, like, yes, just uh, hopping or spectrum hopping yep. or spectrum. You know, that's actually interesting when we're talking about frequency. Do you have your ham license? That's a very good question, and no, I do not. Yeah, so technically, <laughs> none of us are really licensed or allowed in the United States to uh, run these frequencies, right? Oh, here we go. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it's ham license might be good for for us folks to get, you know. I'll send you an invite. We're actually going to be doing a test soon, probably in April sometime. Oh yeah. So once I have that, I'll send it over to you guys if you guys want to come take the test with us. Yeah, definitely. We just got the FAA off our back, and you want to kick over that rotten log now with the the ham licenses, dude? <laughs> hey, that was around. That was around way before FAA was even interested in in drones. <laughs> yeah. So, no. What what you're saying is we're all breaking the law right now, basically. Um. No, we're on a closed course, right? We're private. Isn't it a hundred? <laughs> isn't it a watt though? Don't you need a ham license if you go over a watt? Nah. No, you need a ham license. Depending on frequencies. Yeah. It goes by frequency, not by power. Yep. Yeah, so I think anywhere from the 400 to 5 or 5, 6 gigahertz range, you have to, you know, you're supposed to. If you're transmitting like that, you're supposed to. Because I always thought that, like, the CB, the the truckers that have the CB and the the extended wattage on it were breaking the law, too. They probably are. It's just probably not governed, though, you know? Like, no one cares. But I know my friend, one of my coworkers who's into ham radios, you know, he's licensed because he, I think he said that because he runs on a frequency, but not only because of that, he uses um, other towers that he bounces his frequencies off to, to like talk to someone on the other side of the world. Yeah. That, you know, like, because of that, he needs to be licensed. He needs to have a call sign and all this stuff, you know. Okay. But uh, let's, yeah, let's see what else we got here. So what would you say, I mean, I, I guess about $200 for a QAV210 build is, you know, cheap. But what would you say would be, like, the cheapest build? Like, entry level doesn't have to be great, you know, electronics or hardware. Um, you know, what would you think the entry level price would be? Or, like, what would the cheapest build be? 
you could probably save some money going with a ZMR250. Mm-hmm. And then you would pr- more than likely be down to, I would say, a 150, 160 or so. Okay. And then you can, that's what I would start out with. Just get a, a pair of little BESCs along with uh, RCX motors. Mm-hmm. And that'll be about $95 for a set of four. So that includes ESCs and motors. Then you buy your standard NA32 flight controller, mm-hmm. Rev 6, which is a newer one for about $30. It's crazy. The uh, the Rev fives are going for like fifteen to twenty five bucks, depending on. Oh yeah, jeez. It's and I mean to me the Rev five was it's still six DOF or whatever. But I mean I don't know. I thought I always thought it flew f- awesome, you know, especially coming off of like the Hobby King KK boards and even APM <laughs> and Pixie Hawk or Pixhawk, whatever it's called. The KK board. I remember those days. Yeah. Air used to fly those a lot. Dude, I have like seven of them. <laughs> I can use them on planes too. That's that's what I want to do. I want to get them to work on planes, reflash them, and and get them uh get them working on some of planes. You know. Well, I still was using the Flip One Point Five for fifteen bucks. Yeah, that's basically a naze board. Basically a naze, but that thing's yeah. been rock solid for me. I love it. Oh yeah, the, the Flip is people still use it. The Flip is great, man. Yeah. I can't you know, go I, wrong these days. I don't hear much about uh, White Spy or um, Ready to Fly Quads these days. I wonder, like, with everyone getting to quad racing, and he's had quite a bit of, like, Ready to Fly kits or, you know, Bind and Fly kits and stuff available. I wonder how uh, how he's doing now. I think he's down in Florida. I think he's Anthony just picked up some uh, ESCs from him. All right, right. He sells the Little B, is it? Yeah, he picked up the Little Bs from him. Nice. Well, the last thing I bought from him was that four and one ESC for that okay. little, uh, that little frame that I bought. That AM droids. And that included the oh, is that what's the name of that one? I'm trying to think. Is that does that include the OSD built into it as well? No, I don't think so. No, I know they no. had one that that was a four and one and included a an OSD with it as well. well that would have been cool. Actually, I saw one that has an OSD built into a naze board. Is that? Is that true? Like, is that right? I, mean, I thought maybe I just misread it, but... No, no, they have them now. They're making all kinds of weird things. But really? They tend, they tend to stop working on 4S. Mm, can't handle the higher voltage, okay. Aren't the OSDs, like, six bucks and a little tiny add-on board, like the size of a stamp? Yeah, but those, I think, don't work too well. Like, I have the minimum OSD, and it's like the little micro one. Yeah, that's... I can't, I, I can't get the damn thing to work with my camera. Oh. You know, and I talked to a bunch of the S3 guys on their um, what's that talk that you guys use? Slack. Slack, yes. And you know, like a lot of them are just like, yeah, it's probably your camera. You know, it's probably not doesn't work for it because I unplugged well, the camera and what camera those, are you using? Uh, it's that whole thirty dollar kit from eBay. I'm not sure what camera it is. It's a six hundred TVL. It's a board cam. When I um, unplug the camera, I get the OC fine. I could go in there. I could tune it. I could set the, you know. Like have access to everything. As soon as I plug the camera back in, the OSD goes away, and I have the camera feed. So, you know, when I describe that to the guys, they're like, "Yeah, it's probably just the camera's not really compatible and stepping on the line." You could, you could get a HS one one seven, which isn't the FPV camera that we all use on the race squads, and they're like mm-hmm. thirty bucks, and it will definitely work with the minimum OSD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have that ZMR frame with the PDB and OSD, and you know, all the regulators and all the crazy stuff. Um, Maybe I'll give that a try. 
I really want to get this Hive 210 flying, and I want to just flip the crap out of this thing and crap it. Are you ready to maiden it this weekend? Uh, I will be ready to maiden it this weekend. Definitely line of sight because I still need to get a video transmitter. But the problem is, is well, not a problem, but uh, me and Kevin are going to Neff this weekend, so we won't be around. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're going. We're driving to Ohio on Friday, so probably back on Sunday. Well, hopefully next weekend we'll see you at the field with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll bring it out. And, then, and, and if I pick and up then that... Kevin's going to have to build his and come out with his too. Yeah. Yeah, what happened with yours, Kevin? You had like three or four 250 kits and... I was like borrowing parts off of one to put on another. And uh, I think I wound up... I wound up building that frame that I got at Flight Fest, the Amdroid yeah. one. And I really liked that. And I flew it at the club a couple of times. There's just little things I have to do to it, like... The uh, the battery connection I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that I was flying on a 3S 1500. It was good, but it wasn't great, you know? What size motors do you have on there? 2204s. Like 2300 kV or something like that. That that should be okay on 3S though, right? It wasn't bad on 3S. It just, like I said, it wasn't great. Like, I don't know. Hmm. I, mean, I needed well, to What size it. props do you have on there? I think they're at a five three or five four. Yeah, I think five threes. Just uh, two bladed. On three S, I would try and run six inch if you could. Yeah, yeah. That was my problem because I had the eighteen oh six motors, so they're tiny. They're twenty three hundred kV, but and I ran it on three S with five by four or five, and it was just anemic. Like I would flip it and it would just fall fifteen twenty feet, and that's like full throttle trying to you know keep it up in the air. So I'm hoping this 210 with a little bit smaller frame, a little bit smaller, um, you know, weight of it, uh, you know, with the bigger motors, with the, you know, would give me a good kick. I'll probably try the three inch, not three inch, the the three bladed bull nose five fours, I guess, five four by three. Um, five four five forty five by three. Yeah, Those five four. Those are the bull nose ones. Yeah, I'm I thinking. What ESCs do you have on there? There's a 12 amp, you know, Simon K Black little Emacs ones. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'll fly it if I burn them out. I'll get. I'll buy new ones. But okay, as I don't, long as you don't mind, that's all. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna run 3s. I'm not. I'm not ready to run. I mean, I do have 4s packs now, so maybe I I can give that a try. But I'll probably run 3s until I get a set of ESCs so that way if I try 4S and burn one out, hey, I got a set of solder them in and be done, you know? Yeah, there you go. That's the way to go. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I just want something like, if I flip it, like, you know, when you flip your, your, uh, what is that one that you're really flying uh, acrobat? Like, the alien? The alien, yes. I mean, that was just like, whoop, it flipped right in the same axis. It would flip over and just fly. Like, it wouldn't, drop or take you know the roll rate was like right there so I, i'm definitely gonna need to seek your help in uh getting these things tuned because hey that's okay with me i'll help out whoever i can so let's let's talk about tuning um how do you tune these things to be acrobatic but still have enough i guess expo or you know just smoothness in the center of the stick to fly around in a course well for me, well, do you want to talk about pit tuning or rate tuning? I guess we could talk a little bit about both. I mean, so so your rates, right? So you have pretty high rates to be able to flip that thing really quick, right? Or like I seen uh, Tim, he he does like a a, a yaw move where he just yaws 360 like 
in one spot like super quick or 180 and comes flying the other way like how do you turn how do you have your rate set so high that you can do that so what i do is i run 110 on the rc rate so that's instead of 100 you're at 110 okay and then you run your yaw pitch and roll from 80 to 85 percent and that's what i run them at with 60 percent expo okay so that was my next thing how much expo are you putting in because you know, you guys can flip and do this acrobatic stuff, but then when you fly around a course, it's pretty smooth. You know, you're not making a lot of corrections when you turn. So, did he say 60? 60%? Yes, yeah, 60% expo. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, for, yeah, when we talk about planes, well, for you know, planes, it's a lot, but yeah. on the quads, it's actually almost nothing. So, some really? people even have about 90 or 80% expo. I know that Anthony, his rates are less. I don't know if he changed them, but they were at 60% RC rate and then 60% expo. Okay. Um, all right. So we can also, let's talk about some FPV gear because there's a lot out there, right? I mean, you got your immersion stuff. You got your Fast Shark stuff for goggles. There's, you know, Hobby King makes the quantum stuff. Like, you know, you could go with uh, a monitor. You don't have to go goggles. Um yeah, that's what I started with because I wear glasses. I started with the Immersion RC kit. I think it was like 350 for the monitor, a tripod, your video transmitter, your camera, uh, your, and your, um, your video receiver and two of those uh, antennas. Uh, yeah, that was uh, from – antennas. That was, what from was that from? Ready to Fly Quads, I think it was. I thought it was Ready Made RC. Ready Made RC? Ready-made RC does sell those kits. It's probably them, yeah. Yeah. Ready-made RC? Okay. Yeah, I think it was ready-made RC. I always get those two sites confused. It was ready to fly quads as White Spy, right? So that's, he just does the quads and the pre-tuning and yeah, yeah, and the motors and the electronic cells. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's ready-made RC because I remember seeing that kit. And I was thinking about getting one because you had really good luck with it when we were doing the, the, the chasing, you know? Yeah, I used that for, what, a year and a half, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how long have you guys been flying FPV? Well, I definitely have a, a good year of chasing helicopters and airplanes FPV. Not yeah. Racing, right. but, but, yeah. And I've probably done – I mean, I probably tried it a year, a year and a half ago, but, like, I, it's only a few flights, you know, a handful of flights in FPV. And that was, that was mixed between uh, quads, um, like the uh, Dragonfly or the uh, Batbone um, – <clears throat> tricopters and uh, and then like you know one or two planes that, or really one plane the blunt nose versa <laughs> i always <laughs> laugh when you bring that up dude because <laughs> your cg was so bad it was just like he's up he's down he's up he's down <laughs> yeah was it tail heavy oh yeah man. yeah it was extremely tail heavy <laughs> and you know like because <clears throat> You you need to have like a GoPro a FPV setup, a three thousand milliamp battery to front, plus a a thousand milliamp for your and a video rock. Tr- and a rock and a roll of quarters to just balance that thing out. So, yeah. Really, it's that you didn't have any of that in there. No, I mean I had a GoPro and an FPV setup and a twenty two hundred, and it was like it was just so tail heavy. And I don't know if just my build or the motor or whatever. Um, yeah. So I got this, that kit. I, I started with that kit from Immersion RC and it didn't have the race band on it. Is that just something they have now on, on the newer receivers or, 
uh, receiver transmitter combos. Like I didn't even know that existed until I think I, cl- I came to the club and yeah, we were talking about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it just came about this year. That's why I wasn't with that one. I assume. Okay. I think it it came out with the vortex. So the first vortex. So that's like another eight channels. Like that. So that's like a forty. Or there's four. There's up to forty channels. Now. Forty channels. Okay. Yeah. So so the difference in the race band compared to normal, old school, I guess band. I don't know what you want to call it, but um. The fat shark band. The fat shark band, sure, or boss cam band. Um. It's, I know you were mentioning before, it's, it's the separation between the channels, right? Yeah, so there's about, it's from 35 to 40 megahertz of separation between each channel on the race band frequencies. Compared to what on uh, the fast chart frequency? Let me just double check, but I believe that truck is, yeah, I think it's exact, I think he's right. Uh, it's so it's, there, so. it's definitely e- easier to get interference and, and get someone else's feed or get some cross feed in there, okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, and it's not like the does the equipment cost more? No, it's, it costs exactly the same. Hmm. And now even there's even nine dollar VTXs out with them too. Do you guys know about that stuff or no? No, but let me know because I need to get a couple of VTXs. So that would be the TS. Let me actually. I'll have to double check this because I don't run this, but I know it's available. So if I were to get a video, a race band video transmitter, does that mean I need to throw away my? Um, my regular fast shark receiver, or can no, I no. use them? Does your fast shark receiver should do all of the bands, I believe, besides race band, correct? No, I don't think so. Mine's old school. It's like I click the button and it beeps up to seven times for seven channels, and then it goes back to one. And there's no other um, band. So there's only, there's only there's only oh okay, so there's only the channel button. Yeah, there's only one button. Yes. Yeah, then you would probably have to get the new one. Ah, uh, okay. I know one, Kevin. You have the new one, right? No, I think mine's the same way. It just uh, I go through seven channels, and I know it's the D band. Yeah, so it's not a thirty-two channel receiver; it's just a seven. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately for you guys, well, they're pretty cheap nowadays too. You can get them for like twenty-six, thirty bucks for receivers as well. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. That is cheap. For forty okay. channels, and they do auto scan as well. Ooh. Shit, I thought it was gonna be like a, a two hundred dollar. Yeah. Receiver, yeah. yeah. It's like that... 30 bucks. You can do diversity, and you have 40 channels. We're, nice. What site would you would you go to? The ReadyMade RC uh, site? Yeah, they have they have them there, but I don't believe that they have. That would be another TS receiver. And okay. I'll have to find those out for you guys. I use the TBS VTXs and the LaForge diversity module for the goggles. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to find out for you guys on that aspect of it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Post it on the show notes, and we'll we'll post it up too, and take a look. So, goggles. Now, there's there's a couple of different you know ones. Obviously, the most popular one is I believe is Fast Shark, right? Yep. And then I remember seeing um, damn, I can't remember the name, but I remember last year at the Ram Show, there was this company that had like goggles, and they're white and they're a lot slimmer. They weren't like kind of enclosed over your eyes so much like the fast sharks were but they were supposed to have oh. really good v- video quality and the lens on it's supposed to be amazing or something i don't remember those are these uh zinomizers, I Z- believe. yes zinomizers. that's it yes so like i mean what's the difference is it worth to because those are i i recall them being really expensive 
compared to even Fast Shark. $750 to $800 or so. Right. You know, while you have the low-end Fast Sharks, if you get the, I mean, real low-end, you go with the Teleporter or um, even the Attitude um, Attitude SDs, you know, like, you know, you're talking about 100 200 for goggles, you know, maybe th- two something or, you know, I know you could get a full kit. When I first got mine, it was a full kit, uh, the Attitude uh, SD kit or whatever it came with the camera, the transmitter, um, and that was like 350 400 I see everyone for the most part, you know, you got the white fast shark goggles, so instantly you know it's dominator goggles, you know. Is that something like you need to run dominators to have a good flight experience? No, I wouldn't say you need to run dominators. I, I would say run what's best for you. So they have these quantums that are like a TV screen, that Tobby King's version of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, the one Kevin's has. Yep. Yeah, those actually work well for people with glasses and things like that because mm-hmm. with the fat sharks. You have to buy diopters, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Uh, like Muse from our club, he had the same issue as well, where the fat trucks wouldn't work for him either. Yeah, I, I would say your your goggles don't dictate, you know, your issues. So then, what's the difference? Why would you go with the Dominators HD or HD twos or whatever? Like, why not just go with, you know, any low end model? Like, you know, what's the what's the benefit of spending four hundred dollars for a pair of goggles compared plus the module, the receiver and, and whatever extra bits you need compared to spending a hundred or two hundred on a low end fast shark? Like I you know, maybe I'll let you know, I want I mean I wanna know myself, but I'm sure there's listeners out there that are like of course. You know, do I need to really spend four hundred dollars for a pair of goggles to get, get a good experience or will these, you know, hundred dollar teleporters V fours do just as good, you know? The, the teleporters I would not recommend at all. They have very low resolution. Like the the uh, the screen, you it's actually little dots, so you see every pixel. The image is very pixelated. Okay, but I mean, is it latency? Is it just the image quality? I guess in your and you know that are shining in your eyes. It's it's the resolution of the screen itself. Okay. It's very low quality. So as far as comparing teleporters to higher end fat sharks. Mm-hmm. I say it's worth it to get them because you you have the resolution and you also have the DVR capability as well built into the goggles. So you can record your flights. Hmm, Okay. I mean, I've been pretty happy with my attitudes. The attitudes are definitely much better than the teleporters. Yeah, I think it's... They compare it to like a, a 640 resolution, I think. Yeah, which is... Nowadays, we don't really don't go higher than that with the mini quads. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's all you can fit on there is a small 600 TV line camera. Okay. So getting like a 700, I mean, because 700 seems pretty small too. I mean, you're not really getting that much more lines or that much better quality, right? No, your, your goggles may not be able to push it. And also, you couldn't, uh, people, I don't know if this is true, but some people say that there's lag. So if you go, if you step up from 600 to 700, mm-hmm. you may get three or four milliseconds of lag. Okay. I guess I could see that with having more lines transmitting, right? So there's more data that needs to move through the same radio system and, you know, the video and receiving end. So I'll put that to the test someday. We'll see if that's true. Yeah, man, you have enough quads. You always come to the field with like two or three. Switch up the setups. Uh, well, I have a 900 TV line camera in the Vortex. I think we're going to have to do a little comparison this weekend. What do you think of the Vortex? I know when, I f- when we first joined up, you were all about the 270 whatever the the you know the older one 
285. 285. <laughs> yeah, you're all about the 285 vortex. Just get a vortex and forget about everything else. Like, you know? What do you think yeah, about now, it now that you're, you've uh, kind of grown? Now that you fly something else, it's like you can't go back to it. It feels like you're flying a, a bus through the air, I guess. Okay. Sometimes when you're turning, you lose the back end of it, so it slides out on you. You know, it doesn't have enough power. It doesn't perform as well as other quads that you build and things of that sort. Right. How does it it's crash? It's a huge difference. The Vortex? Yeah. Pretty good, but you will end up uh, killing a lot of your battery packs. Huh. Because the arms actually bend, so as they bend, you cut into your packs. Right. You cut into your packs or your wires, your balancing connector. Yeah, I think yeah. Perry came up with something to, to block that, to stop that. Mm-hmm. Or tried to. Yeah, he yeah, tried he, to. Yeah. He, he added like fifty grand. <laughs> he he calls it his uh, bulletproof life vest. <laughs> nice. Was, I was actually talking to Muse about it. Um, this was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago when we were at the Heavenly Farm, and you know, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, how's the vortex? He had it on the floor there, you know, with all the stuff. He was like, truthfully, I don't like it. And I was like, oh why? Is it fly weird or whatever? And he's like. Yeah, flies okay. You know, it's not great. It's not super fast or anything. But one of the things he says that he's always when he crashes, he's always having to fix little plastic pieces. You know what? I guess the what the arms clip into and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. I crashed my ZMR. I don't know, at least a dozen times. Like I've hit a post, like the uh, the gate, where I smashed my Mobius camera. And, like, half the quad was just, like, like the front end was just all smashed up. Like, I hit a freaking wall. But, like, my arms didn't break, you know. Like, none of my motors broke. Like, everything was fine. And I feel like, oh, you know, it's kind of gimmicky, in, in my opinion, to have these arms fold back. Yeah, they're great. It, for is, it is. They, they made a mistake for that. Yeah, because I feel like, like, okay, right. Yeah, it folds back. It fits into the nice little styrofoam. Not styrofoam, but the foam padding or the case or whatever. But... How's it fly? How's it handle cartwheeling on the ground? You know, like the important it definitely stuff. doesn't handle the, the hits well. Yeah, but the Vort, the new one, the two fifty pros is pretty. It, it's pretty uh, adorable. So does it still have the folding arms, or is it now solid? It's solid. It's solid, so they don't have the folding back arms or any of that stuff. Yep, that's right. Which removes a lot of those issues, and it flies a lot better too. Right, right. I have to fly that Amdroid so a little bit, a little bit more. Because, uh, man, the first, I think, or the second flight I had on that, I, I hit that 2x4 that's holding one of the gates up. Like, it sounded like somebody hit it with a hammer. <laughs> and I only broke the little, there's a little, like, you know, the four the four rubber mounting things that the camera mounts to. I just broke, yeah, yeah. like, I broke one of those circles. Like, one of the, that, that plate, I broke one of the circles on the top, I think. But, okay. And then I rolled that, cartwheeled it, and... It was fine. I didn't have any problems with it. It's kind of like, what was it, Anthony was saying? You know, you, you only break a prop. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because when I see that, I feel like it's fragile. Like, I feel like those metal boom arms can bend and, you know. On mine, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I always look at it and I was like, it's a like, neat idea how you could rotate the motors forward. And, you know, like the back motors are a little bit lifted. It's almost like that... Um, Canuck, whatever, Chinook, helicopter, you know, but like, I feel like if you hit something hard, like, that's gotta bend that metal. Like, 
don't know. I I, I, I hit that freaking thing pretty hard. And like I said, I I cartwheeled it pretty good too. And I was uh, like, oh, let's see how it crashed, you know. And there was nothing wrong with it. The only thing with that 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 I have to do is I think I, maybe I need more C rating on the battery or something. I mean, I have these twenty C fifteen hundreds that I should just swap out for something a little more powerful. Um, three S or four S? It's they're three S. Yeah, I think that's probably what you need to bump it up to 4S. Because that's the other thing. Like, I look at some of the batteries that Rich has, man, and they're, like, they're rated at 75C, I think, some of the stuff he flies with. Yeah, yeah but... you definitely have to have higher C packs, but don't go by the higher C ratings because most of them have been proven to be lies. Yeah, yeah, I would right. say 99% of battery manufacturers, anything above 30 or 40C is a lie. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Like the, those Thunder Power 4S 1300 packs. Mm-hmm. I have them. They claim to be a 70C. Right. 70 they're nowhere near that. Yeah, no. We, we tested them, and the most they pull, you know, the initial burst halfway through is at 37 amps. Huh. That's definitely not 70 amps, which is, they're, they're, you know, what they're saying. So isn't it something like um, – how many amps times the voltage divided by something gets or squared voltage? No, no, it's amps squared times. You're gonna get us in so voltage. much trouble, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna. You guys can get yourself in trouble here. In eh, it's trouble. okay. Eh. You mean the C rating calculation? Yeah, there's a calculation. Can I read that? It's like one one amp per per second. Yeah, but it's not. It's not just over time. I think it's over. Yeah, like it's how much. Like how many milliamps you can drain out of the battery without generating too much heat and something else? Like just like yeah, it's a weird calculation. Um, when we do our uh, recap or part two episode of uh, Wonders of Electricity, I wanna I wanna talk to Nick about that. I wanna see if he can shed some light on that because I really wanna figure out what the C rating is, especially when you buy like a used pack and it sags. You don't get the performance. You're like. But the you know internal resistance is so low on it. Why is the battery performing like crap? And you know the C rating is probably ninety percent of it. You know, it's your milliamps times the C rating. Times your amp. Yeah, times the C rating equals the amps continuous discharge. So how do you do that in reverse? I hate math. If you wanted to find out what C rating you had, yeah, what the true C rating of a pack is by t- you know by looking at your how much you use and whatever. You would have to do your continuous amps divided by the amps of the pa- of the battery, like how many amps you pull out divided by the milliamp hours of the battery. That would give you your C rating. So twenty huh. twenty divided by two would be ten on a two thousand milliamp hour battery that was rated at ten C. Are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at? Yeah, I just did a Google search. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I mean, that's an easy way of of figuring out if the battery company is a liar. Or not. Yeah, right. That's something I was amazed at when I watched his footage was like I was showing people and I was like, look how much how many amps he's pulling out of these batteries. It was like on, on some of the runs he had. We pull up from eighty to hundred amps, depending on how if we're punching it and you know what we're doing. Oh jeez. Wow. But the batteries can't handle it, so they sag so much. It, it's ridiculous. Ah. You get a one second burst and then that's it. That's one thing I love about the uh, V control and having a UI sensor. I yes. just that type of telemetry at, after the flight is just like, whoa! I pull 120 amps and I I have a basically use 4200 4200 watts system power system. 
because that's what I'm pulling. Like that's the amount of watts. I mean, it's probably rated more, but that I'm able to pull that with my flight style. Just getting that like, oh, I used 3,000 milliamps on that flight for four minutes, you know? Like 120 you... amps? Yeah. On a 6L? Nah, 12. Oh, jeez. Yeah, 12. I, re- I think the last flight, like the hardest flight I put on it was 4,168 watts of, you know, electricity or whatever. However, they do the calculation. I would use about 3,000 or the 5,000 pack. Um, oh, I need Advil. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, all this math's giving me a headache. <laughs> That's why we need better, better lipos too. Because if we yeah. run six S packs, we all above one twenty, no problem. Oh yeah, easily. Well, your and amperage those probably can't be, handle them. Wouldn't your amperage be lower if you go higher cell count, higher voltage? Wouldn't that equal less amps because you'd get the same performance with less draw? It Which would, but we changed, we changed the props. Oh, okay. So you compensated, right? Okay. Yep. I know uh, I spoke to you at the field last week. So you, you're going to Hawaii, right? Yeah, I plan on going to the Worlds. So what Whether is that? Whether or not, that's another story. So that would be the World Nationals. So there's the Drone Nationals, which is... Oh, we actually did not discuss that league. Oh, that's another league. That's what I was going to ask you. What league is that? Yeah, that's a whole other league. That's a Drone Nationals in itself. So they are the pioneers, I would say, for FPV racing next to MultiGP. Okay. So what they're actually holding the Drone Nationals this year, which were held in California last year in New York. Oh. So finally, we're going to be getting something going on on the East Coast. Where in New York would they do that? Do you know? Uh, they haven't. Uh, picked a location yet, but I assume it's going to be Governor's Island or some, somewhere around there. Rikers Island? Oh, Governor's Island. Governor's, Governor's Island? Island? Or yeah. Randall's Island? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of weird because I know I mean, getting the, the permits for that is going to be hard because New York City Parks, like, you know, New York City Manhattan, like, that's right next to Manhattan you know, between Manhattan and Queens, like I don't know if they're going to want to have these little things flying around, you know? Well, Governor's Island is where they do a lot of events like this. Like, that's where the Big Apple Circus will come up and mm-hmm. set up out there. Yep. And uh, the company that does O in Vegas, they have, like, that circus uh, that they have on tour. Like, they come around. We, we went out the, there to see that. Oh, the Circus Soleil. Circus Soleil, yeah. And I know they do a lot of music festivals. They do and, a lot of music. Like, yeah. They haven't said they're holding it there yet, but I assume they're going to hold it mm-hmm. there. I don't. I just don't see where else they would hold it. I mean, would they do a stadium? You know, Central Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's August fifth through the seventh. Oh, okay. God, there's so many events going on. It's like know, right? between yeah, between like the plane and Italy. Come on, Kevin, Steve. Fifty yeah. grand, you can win it. Yeah, that's gonna be right around. My birthday and kind of close to the seventh is when I propose to my girl. So yeah, I don't know, but she'll—I don't think she'll go for that. Well, maybe for fifty grand though. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah, that's cool. That's good that they're bringing to the east coast, at least the northeast up here, and you know, and not somewhere like Florida or just you know where it's warm all the time. Is the attitude there like uh, happy and like I'm having a good time, or is it like the competition and? Is it, is it strange like that? I've always heard it was kind of like a little bit different. I've never been to a big competition like that. So we're going to uh, April 2nd. We're actually going to a qualifying event right. for the drone nationals. So if we make it in as a team, 
we're going to be participating as a team in New York. And if we make it in as, you know, an individual, you get to race as an individual. So that'll be my first experience. But I do hear that it's a, a lot different. I hear it's very clicky. Like, you know, you got your team, and, you know, and then and then you got your other team and you guys look at each other and you nod your head and you do a dance off and, and then it moves <laughs> to the girl race. <laughs> Dude, you got to stop <laughs> watching those cheerleader movies, man. We've experienced that within groups that we, you know, have participated with as well. But I hope it's not like that when it comes to uh, national events. We'll see. Yeah. But I assume it's going to be like that because when money's involved, everybody gets greedy. Yeah. yeah money and just, you know, overall bragging rights and competition, you know, people, you know, want to win, right? Like, screw bragging rights. I got 50K. <laughs> for me, I just do it for fun. And I, I don't really like racing anyway. I like more of the freestyle aspect of it. Yeah, me too. But I do racing because it's popular, I guess. You said you have a group that you take? Who's who's in the group? Is it members of the club or? Yeah, so that would be Tim, Jim, Perry, and I. That'll be the four of us. We're actually going to be participating at. Is Tim trying... part, Tim's part of the club? He will be joining at the next meeting. Okay, because I was like, I don't remember ever voting him in, but I could have missed it. I could have missed that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's good, man. He's really yeah, good. He's good. They both are. So wait, so Tim, you, Perry, and who's the fourth? Jim. Oh, Jim. Jim Plastine? Yes. Oh. So hopefully we qualify for these events and we can keep participating. And then the final race, which is the Drone Worlds in Hawaii, that's for $200,000. Nice. Wait, that's like the grand prize? Like one team gets two hundred k. Yep. Actually, one individual, I should say. The te- they haven't released the team prizes yet. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii's cool. <laughs> Race is cool. It'll be the first legal flying on Hawaii that I would know about. I've only heard illegal. Yeah, yeah, right. I wonder how that would be in Hawaii, too, because I hear it's pretty windy out there. Yeah, it's very windy, but the good thing about quads is they don't care as much. That's It's like a heli. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you're the way you guys fly, like, with your blades basically perpendicular to the ground, just it's fast. So I guess it cuts through the air, and they're pretty small too. Yeah, I guess let's move on off this topic here into the next section. News? So, what news? You got news? So you got any news? I don't got news. So we won't go into news. I got news. Wait, I got something. Check the news section. What news do you have? See all the helis. Oh, sell, sell all the <laughs> sell all the helis. Never. <laughs> never, even though Anthony says never, but he's getting addicted. He did not stop flying that thing until he had to go home on Sunday. Yeah, I know. He was like, "Dude, man, I I went out and I I was flying the uh, you know, flying my quad, and I brought my Goblin three and didn't even take it out of the bag. Like, didn't even take it out of the car. And I was just like, oh, 'Oh, you've gone to the dark side.' Just sell me the bag. What? I want the yeah." Bag. Wait. <laughs> If wait till you actually, I don't know. For me, it's like it's like wingsuit flying without the fear of dying. You know, you, the, you, sure, you, yeah. you crash. It's just a quad. That's yeah, why yeah. I like. It's just a quad. But I think that's why exactly. I would like the. Uh, like I mean, I did FPV like on the planes, and it was cool, you know. But like, I don't know. I guess I have to just get used to it because I, it kind of didn't make me sick, but it just like I was really nervous because I. I didn't want to crash into anyone. Like not having peripheral vision really messes me up, you know. So I just got to do it more. That's all I think. Yeah, you'll see. Once you get used to it, you're going to start selling helis too. Nah, never, <laughs> never. For fifty k, you wouldn't. 
Yeah, never. 200? It actually takes a one lot million? of skill. Well, 1 million, but I'm never getting to that point. No, I'm no. Not, you know, if I was if I was that p- type of pilot to be able to compete at that level at, and for a grand prize of 1 million, if I was that, I'd be Kyle Stacy in the heli world. Like, I would just, you know, I'd be 20 years old. No one can touch my heli skills, you know? If I'm if you're that level that you're up there already, it's uh, for me. I I I'm I'm realist. I'm not. I know I'm not gonna ever get that great at it. But I want to have fun. It's all about having fun, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I see it. Yeah. So the money is cool. It's awesome to hear these things. But you know, I'm realistic about it. Yeah. I might race, but I ain't finishing first. I'm just gonna have fun and try not to, you know, knock too many other folks out of the air. <laughs> and try not to take it too serious. Yeah. Yeah, don't get upset. As long as you're having you know. fun. Yeah, because like, I, I bet you, like I can see people getting a little heated, you know, when when something happens or someone gets knocked out of the air or something, you know. Jeez, dude, I used to race RC cars way back before they even had the the little crystal we used to change in the transmitters and all that stuff. Uh, AM FM seventy two, yeah. And dude, they used to get insane. Just local. You know, Johnny from New Jersey and uh, just local guys were getting together racing. They had to see some of the crybabies and the crap that used to go on. And there was no money involved with that. Maybe you got a trophy. I, I hear this is happening with the national events now with the quads. So I'm, uh, we'll see what happens. You see, I don't like that. Like, then you I don't like that fun. either. You lose the fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't like that either. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, so uh, what are you guys going to be working on next? Let's start with uh, Rich here. All right, with me, i got to finish my Shrike build, which is a 185-size si- X-Frame quad that handles 5-inch props. 185 now? You have your 180, your 185, now 210 and 250. Oh, my God, how many sizes are they going to make? <laughs> I have a 265 to build, too. That's no, one. really? <laughs> 265? Yeah. Like, who, who, who thinks of these uh, millimeter, you know... Sizes like, like I don't I mean, know, but they make a big difference. On the 265, you can fit six inch props. Okay, that's what I'm going to use that one for six inch props and small tech well, technical courses. Hmm. And I'm building a 122 size. Oh my god, that's gonna be micro! Wow, and that's that will be under two sticks of butter. <laughs> no FAA registration, <laughs> under two sticks of butter. <laughs> <laughs> so so the 125 like what would a nano qx be what is that that's like got to be a hundred size or hundred something right i think the nano qx is 130 let me double check that so it's gonna be smaller than that but be real components like flight yeah, and control esc a- and all that stuff yeah it, it has a 18 amp kiss escs uh oh. seriously pro racing f3 board and it's gonna run on a 850 size four cell 850 size 4 cell when we're talking about these nano QXs that could barely, like with the FPV version, can barely lift a, a whatever, 150 milliamp 1 cell? Yep. Wow. That's going to be crazy to build. Yeah, I got I to gotta check that one out. Yeah. I can run a GoPro on it too. What? Jeez. Yep. <laughs> what, what, what size props does the um, 180, or what, not 180, what, 130, whatever it was, the small one? 122. That one was 3-inch props. Three inch props. They didn't. I didn't even know they made props that small that would fit on like a motor, like you know, like a regular hub. Well, these are. I'm running thirteen oh six, thirty three hundred kV motors on it. 
and it's still screwed on. It's not press fitted. Uh, <laughs> press fitted props. <laughs> nope, no press fit. <laughs> it's so small. I don't know. Like, how do you get a? You know, I guess it's like a little two millimeter bolt on top. <laughs> um, you know the 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 airplane propeller nuts. Uh huh. That's what's up there, but I think it's like one and a half millimeter or something. Yeah, it's tiny. That's, that's tiny. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, a lot of quads. What about your planes, man? I know they're they're missing some love. Well, I have an Extreme Flight 60-inch Yak that I have to build that's been sitting for a few months, so that's going to have to – got to get started on that soon. Is that Balsa or is that ARF? What is that? It's a Balsa, so it's like my, my Extra. It's the same size, just a different uh, style of plane. So it's a Yak instead of an Extra. Wait, wait, but the Extra was like – wait, did you build that or did you – or that was like an ARF, like you put the wings together and, and... – It was an ARF, but it actually – the wings were messed up, so we I had to redo them and things like that. Little issues here and there that needed to be fixed. Okay, and so the so this uh, yak is just sticks and ribs and stuff, or no, it's an arc too. Oh, okay, okay, so that's cool. Yeah, that that's like what two nights worth of work, not even one night maybe. Yeah, if there are no issues, hopefully three nights. Yeah, the last cool. one took three months with all the issues that I had to fix. I thought their kits were like. You know, you basically follow instructions and you glue them together and epoxy and, you know. They basically are, but I received the wings were cracked, so I had to fix them. The elevator uh, had a crack in it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool, though. Yeah, you should get you should at least try to get that ready for the summertime when it's nice out. and. Oh, it's gonna, definitely going to be ready for the summertime. You know, melt some more canopies in the sun because, you know, your planes <laughs> are neglected and just sitting in the sun. See, like Anthony, that's what happens when you fly quads. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen to his goblins? They're all going to get faded. Enemies? You just get bit by the bug, man, and that's it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I guess, Kevin, what are you going to be working on next? I'm going to be working on the Corsair, Alps Corsair, finishing that up. Which is coming up. Awesome. And the um, and that FT Racer, man. I'll get that motor and get that all together. And which that's awesome, too, man. Shoot. Yeah, that, that came out really good like i love the orange and black scheme that's what i was gonna say like i looked yeah. at it today and i was like wow man that actually looks really good like i did i just put some pictures um just did orange on the tips and black wings and a little white in between and yeah. then i did kind of like racing stripes like old school like double racing stripes down the front of the fuselage and black on the bottom and orange on the top it looks, looks pretty cool and the stuff you do with foam board man yeah <laughs> it's, it's so you, much how fun. do you think the fc racer would do as a FPV pylon racer. Ooh, that's a good question, man. Because that thing can move out. I don't know. I think it would actually do really well because it tracks really well. I'm gonna have to try one now. We should do that. We should like you know have the club you know talk to a couple of members of the club like hey, who wants to build an FT racer? Let's build it and set up some pylons and do some racing. I'll that's do in it. the plans actually for this year. Oh, is it? Oh, nice. Yeah. So wing racing and airplane racing are going to be similar to quad racing. Mm-hmm. Well, FPV be... airplane racing too, right? Yes. Yeah, awesome. I want to do some of that too. See, I'd have to build another one because I put retracts in this one. And... No, you need to make the lightest yeah. version you can. Yeah. And throw a 12S on there. 12S on it. <laughs> yeah, just take two of your goblin packs, the two 1800s. I wonder yeah, if, how that would work for us, man, you know? I would go for us with that. But it's a pretty big bird. Like, I mean, it's not big, big bird. Yeah. I wonder if you could get close to, like, 100 miles an hour with that thing. Oh, you could probably do over 100 on the 4S. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, I had almost unlimited vertical on 3S with the prop and the motor ESC combo I was running. And that thing moved out, man. Nice. How how are you able to strengthen foam board? Like, let's say I wanted to run 4-cell on the mini arrow. How would I go about doing that? Is there any laminate I should use, or what should I do? Mm. I think the taping that I put on kind of strengthens yeah. it. Tape uh, does a little. It's like colored packing tape. Uh, just build like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> just build like four. Just build four of them and then just, you know, transport the power pod and everything over to the new one as, you know, as you do your two flights and you rip the wings apart, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's really no way to strengthen it that I can come up with off the top I mean, of my head. I know guys have like done they fiberglass, fiberglass right? Yeah. But I don't know if that I'm not, I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, think about it. you take the paper off, you build a plane, take the paper off, and you lay uh, fiberglass and not epoxy. They use something like some polyurethane. They use like a fifty-fifty mix. Yeah, guys. And then it becomes a hard fiberglass shell. That's too so, much work. But, for me. Yeah, yeah, that is way too much work. Yeah, especially <laughs> I've done I've tried fiberglass repairs on my helicopter canopies and stuff. It's it, it comes out pretty ugly. <laughs> it's hard. To get it look real nice and clean. But I guess you could sand them too, right? That's one thing about fiberglass. You could sand them and buff them and polish them and whatever and paint them. Yeah, but know. depending on what, what you want to do, I mean, I get a gloss finish with the tape. You know, it mm-hmm. looks pretty awesome. And I'll also be fixing whatever I break at Neff this weekend. That's, <laughs> that's what I'll still be doing. Nice. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go then. Um I need to finish the FT arrow. It's pretty much done. I just got to put a motor on there, and I, I need to get a receiver so I could, uh, you know, do the throws and set it up on my radio. So it's, it's pretty much built. The mini guinea is completely built and ready for maiden. I did mess up on the mini guinea though, because because I was this is version two and version one. I took the motors and stuff, you know, all the electronics out. I uh, I s- ended up switching the motors. So you know how like on a quad, if you look at the quad from the top down all the motors especially the front you know you can see that they spin inwards right that's how that's how i had the mini guinea set up where like you're looking at the front of the plane like nose in and you look at the props and you know the left one spins clockwise the right one spins counter they both spin inwards um yeah i was putting it together and i was like ah crap (laughs) the motors are opposite so they both spin outwards I think it'll fly fine, but... um. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably not going to make a difference. Yeah, it probably won't, but, you know, I don't know. I kind of kicked myself in the ass for that. It's like, damn, I should have done this right. I should have checked before I glued all this stuff in, because I, I, I glued the power pods in, like, everything's glued in. I'm, you know, I'm not... The first guy that comes up to you and says, you know, those props are spinning the wrong way, you just have to tell him, well, you got to stand on the other side of it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I want to f- next – that Blade 180 CFX I have, it constantly does a slow puro. Like if I, you yeah, know, I saw that. turn yeah. it on, it's just, you know, the tail lever, the servo just moves to one side. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm going to Google some stuff and see if I could get that fixed before uh, Neff. So, and then, yeah, we got Neff coming up. That's going to be awesome. We're going to be out there for three days, two nights. I believe. Yeah. I'm going to leave pretty early on Friday, get there. I don't know. Are we going to do any flying on Friday? It depends. I, I talked to Dave today, and he said that um, same thing like last year, dude, they'll hook us up. 
But yeah, he's got, gonna hold his table. But awesome. we gotta go to Chipotle and give him get him something again. Let's get him uh the off the menu. We can get a burrito, but that's wrapped in a quesadilla. <laughs> Just to go overboard. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but I don't remember if we did. We fly on Friday last time. I don't know if we did. I'm not sure. I, know I it think opens we did. Like five to, I don't know. I think they wound up letting us fly. Yeah, but like I think we mainly set up. Um, and then and then we like a couple little flights or something. Yeah. Yeah. This should be fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So yeah, we're gonna be meeting uh the other Kevin out there. I want to build the uh right. the Raiden, the thirty inch Raiden. So if you have a quad motor, ESC, and two either nine or five gram servos and a receiver, pack that up in a Ziploc bag and bring it because I believe he's gonna be, I don't cutting each one each of us one. Oh, I thought you were saying for you, bring it for you. Oh, you could bring it for me too. <laughs> I won't have anything. Yeah, I gotta take a look. I have some stuff, but I'm gonna have to buy a couple, which is fine. Laser Toys is out there, and and Luke's RC. They both yeah. have awesome prices, you know, for all the stuff we need. So, yeah. So it yeah, I can't fun. wait. Yeah. Um. All right. So Kevin, why don't you uh, do the start the wrap up? All right, man. This wrap up is gonna be pretty good because uh, there's a few things that you don't even know about. Um. Nope. In the USA, I don't know what's going on with USA or Podbean, but I didn't see anything new. So like I said last week, if you're listening from a state we haven't mentioned, just let us know, man. Drop us a line or something. Oh, I do have one thing. Okay. I, I got an email in our uh, Freefall RC, you know, uh, Gmail account. Right. Freefall RC podcast is now following our podcast. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> like okay. who the hell? Click that. I guess. I guess one of us might have been signed in by mistake and already hit. Yeah. Follow. <laughs> so we're we're our, we're following our own podcast. It's so so <laughs> yeah, we would like to give a shout out to Free Fall RC Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Continue, please. <laughs> but when I looked at the stats in the world, uh, I saw that we have a, a new listener in Bangladesh. Awesome. Which is. East of India, in case you guys don't know where where that is. Nice. Instagram, we have some comments, and you know, there's there's just com- a lot of comments going on. I don't think Chris has been posting under Freefall RC. Yeah, I think he has some some stuff, but I've been, but Freefall RC follows Chris Chris Robert, so I've seen some some comments on his stuff. So, Eight mm-hmm. Bit uh, Jones said, "Wow, that's awesome! Thanks, man. Keep up the good work and the videos and the podcast appearance." Which is which is the which is this for? Like, is it for one of Chris's photos? Yeah, one of Chris's photos. Um, and there's been other comments about those four canopies that he got. The zeal ones, right? The Cano mod zeal ones. Yeah, they're yeah, gorgeous. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. We have a Podbean shout out to Flyjack RC. He started following us on Podbean, so thanks for listening. Nice. Oh wait, you missed this one though. Yeah, I was gonna leave that for you, man. No, no, no. Wait, which one? No, no, not the Facebook one. The Instagram comment, which is the last one. Huh? The last person on the Instagram comment. Oh. That you, that you post here. Oh. You know, you know who that is, right? Is that the Tariq? It is the, the Tariq Al-Sadi, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he said love it, I guess, in reference to Chris's posting of the canopies. I don't remember exactly which one that was from. I just grabbed a couple. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's him. Awesome. Damn. 
Awesome, dude. Love the Oxy-3. I can't wait to build it. <laughs> I can't wait to build your heli. So I don't know if you want to do the Facebook shout. Yeah, I mean, there's really one. Uh, it, Facebook's kind of been weird these last couple of weeks. It says that we have like four or five likes in the past week. But then when I look and see who it is, it's usually one, two, or maybe three um, names there. So, But today I looked and it said we have four, but I only see one name, and it's Stephen Baker. He's a follow. Uh, he's a Tri County RC uh, member. He's also kind of famous, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he was on the '87. Well, he started playing for the Giants. To what you say, '91? To '92, yeah. '92 on the '91 Super Bowl team. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, cool yeah, He's stuff. a great guy. He's it's great to talk to. He comes out to the club every now and then and takes a lot of pictures. I yeah, a few of them. Yeah, he's he's down to earth and everything. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Him and Jeff were talking about the racing league, the online racing league that they're both in. Jeff's into some eye racing, some hardcore like racing. And uh they both have wheel setups and they were they were talking all about it, the different racing leagues, like I guess there's a couple of different online racing leagues. The one has a lot of kids in it, and when Jeff mentioned this eye racing, uh Steve was like, Yeah, man, you're doing the hardcore stuff. Huh. Like like it, it's really? up, yeah, it's and it's set up pretty decent. Like, uh, not to go too far into it, but Jeff was saying how you know, if you cut corners, you drop down, you have a driver rating. So if you're an asshole and you start banging into people, immediately your driver racing rating drops down, and you can no longer race with the higher up drivers. So it, it kind of like weeds out the knuckleheads and the people oh, that just wow. cut corners and stuff like that. Yeah. All yes. right. And I would like to talk about iTunes because we have some iTunes reviews. We do. Yes. Oh boy. You always forget about. So I wanted to talk about those. This guy. This guy left his comment. Better than Martha Stewart podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was actually the title of his comment. And okay. Uh, that's from Bruhekhmish. I don't know what that. I'm just saying it all together. Um, but he wrote. It's great having another RC podcast to listen to. I'm not a heli guy at all, but I appreciate the variety. If you're looking for a deep technical talk, then this isn't the show for you. But if you're looking for a few guys hanging out talking RC, then I highly recommend it. Keep up the good work. So, awesome. Thank, thank you, you, Mr. Brew. Another guy wrote, definitely try this podcast out. That's from Javier Moreno. We know Javier. Oh, yeah. So thanks for writing um, what he wrote, and he wrote, uh, if you stumble across this podcast and are wondering what radio control flying is all about, then give it a listen. The two main hosts, Steve and Kevin, are very laid back and honest with their comments. They are not as hardcore as other podcasts, but that's okay because it is much more approachable. Uh, then they have, then they have a guest recurring, Chris Robert, with tons of years of experience, very close to the scene, and his friends with one of the very top RC helicopter pilots. Starting out, the guys do a good job of making everything understandable and have fun talking in their RC experience, try to share the knowledge they've picked up along the way. They get some friends sometimes, which keeps the show fresh. Uh, contrary to what I originally thought, they're actually focusing on helicopters, which is what I was looking for. <laughs> Although they do talk about planes and multi-rotors. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll keep hearing from these guys. Uh, I hope they keep going. Maintaining a podcast is not as Easy as it sounds, as they have found out themselves. But mm -hmm. as long as they keep going, I will keep listening. Good luck, guys. Uh, thank well, that, you. That was really awesome. nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, this uh, is uh. this is freaking fantastic because 
you know, to to open up iTunes and log in and then find yeah. us and then create a thing and then write it out, man. It's it's too cool. No, like, definitely. To take the time out of your day to, to, to give us a – so thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I do want to also add on our Free Fall RC podcast Facebook page, um, you know, we, we get quite a bit of posts here and there. Uh, obviously, Chris Ryberg posts a lot of his stuff on there. But we got some visitor posts I just want to mention. So we have Chuck Boyle. He added a, a photo of his Synergy 766 yeah. and his Jetty Radio at uh, today at the Broken Arrow Rotor Club in uh, Oklahoma, it looks like. And, you know, he has a picture of it with some uh, specs here. He has a Jetty. He does a Spirit Fiberless unit, Scorpion Motor, and Hobby Wing, uh, you know, loving from Oklahoma. So... That's pretty awesome. I actually thought about that, Helly. I kind of wanted to. Is that the the two piece canopy? Yes. That's so freaking nice, man. Yeah, and Synergy are supposed to be great flying birds. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but I mean, it is a little bit on the more expensive side, but it just looks cool. I don't know. And then our friend uh, Christopher Beams, um, he uh, posted a picture. He's from Rochester. He posted this picture of his E Flight RV nine. It's ready for maiden, and it's like a a low wing, you know. Uh, I don't know what kind of plane. Would you? What, what kind of plane would you compare this to? It was like a mid wing plane, right? Uh, I'm looking at it. it. Looks low wing, like it's the wings on the bottom, right by the landing gear. I saw a picture of it, but I was more like intrigued by the paint scheme or the, the color scheme yeah. they had on there, you know? Yeah, it's a blue and yellow. It's a uh, blue it's on the top, well. yellow wings, yellow tail, blue rudder. Um, looks like a pretty decent size. Um, and then we have uh, our friend Frank Moradellos. And he says, great show, guys. Keep it up. And he's from uh, Florida, it looks like. And we also have Joel. And <laughs> he writes, thanks for all the mention, guys. I really need to make myself available for you all to do a show. So, um, yeah, we should we should maybe get him on the show and, you know. Yeah, Joel uh, heads up the uh flight test community cast podcast yes yes he's on the ftcc and uh yeah i can't wait to meet up with him in person and at flight fest this year i told him uh, i'll buddy box my heli with him so yeah you know let's do it <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a new pilot but uh he seems really into like every aspect yeah so all right if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash free4rcpodcast. Don't forget to check out our website. It's free4rcpodcast.com. We're going to be adding new stuff, um, especially with like NEF coming up. We're going to take a lot of pictures. We'll be posting them all over uh, Facebook, our website, and also Instagram. Yep. Um, we do have an Instagram account, and it's free for RC podcast. So you can search us there and add us, and we'll add you back. Um, and we also have flight test forums. It's uh, off the field audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, and then there's us free for RC podcast with the uh, flight test community cast there too. And we still do have stickers. And if you haven't gotten them and you've written to us, it's because I'm been slow with it so sorry <laughs> yes we still do have stickers um if you don't ask for them i'm just gonna end up putting them all over my plane like i did with my mini guinea <laughs> <laughs> so come get some while i still have it. i gotta stick one to the back of anthony's car when he's not looking oh totally <laughs> <laughs> be so mad oh yeah uh, 
Hey, uh, Rich. So if, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you to, you know, ask you some questions about leagues and multi-rotors and racing, uh, how would they do that? They can go ahead and reach me at rgrodriguez37 at gmail.com. So that would be R-G-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z 37 at gmail.com. Awesome. Cool. All right. So thanks to all our listeners and subscribers. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. All righty. Bye, guys. The rich is cut out. No, I'm here. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> see y'all later, guys.